down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Bowling, this calls for the old Billy Barule. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Ah. Uh, so, Anthony. What's going on, man? You. Not much, man. On, bro. Can you answer the age-old question? Where are the white women at? Oh, Child's really? Court. God damn it. <laughs> I was wondering. I had no clue. Anyway, what's going on? This is THT Movie Review. Appreciate y'all joining us. And uh, I'm actually really, like, kind of a... I'm excited about this one, man. Oh, before you get to that, before we get to the movie box, I want to recap okay. my earlier statement. They are not only at child support, they're yes, at Starbucks. they're all getting unicorn yes. coffee. You're right. <laughs> if you want to find all of the white women, go to a Starbucks. They're lined around there the block you go. on a daily basis. There you go. That's what they're doing. They're getting uh, unicorn mango-flavored coffees. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, man. Anyway. Holy shit. And it's thundering here. God damn it. Same here. Well, what is it? With the run? It came out of nowhere. It was not in our forecast yeah. in Philly today. We're, it looks like we're about to have a fucking thunderstorm, sounds of it, man. We, it, it's been kind of threatening all day, but, um, yeah, it definitely, I, like I said, it just, like, it, it was a little bit of lightning when I went and grabbed some beer, but uh, it's thundering now. So, yeah, we're going to have some fucking storms, but um, anyway, uh, I am excited about this one. This movie, um, obviously, we're doing a Bronx Tale 
I don't think we can say enough good about this movie. Yes, can't. Uh, and honestly, um, it's you know I watched it a couple of days ago for the mm. first time in a long time, and it was uh, it's one of those movies, man. I've been singing a damn song, "Streets of the Bronx," on the streets of the Bronx where I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a catchy tune, boy. Uh, I this, I mean, you know, we're going to do it a little different tonight. We're basically just going to kind of go over the plot um, and the subplot of the movie. And uh, then we're just going to kind of go over some of the best scenes. Uh, because there are a lot of good scenes. Like I was telling Anthony, this is the kind of movie I could play the whole movie. You know, and literally still be missing things. I don't know. Every word in this movie has meaning to it. Um, this, move, th this movie was originally written as a play uh, by Chaz Palminteri. This was an original screenplay. Um, and it, it, I believe it's still now a play in uh, New York. I believe it's still a Broadway play. Yeah, it is. It's uh, you know over twenty years later. It's uh, still making hits. Good, making money. Good. This uh, something this good should be. Um, you know, it, it spurred off of a uh, what do you call it? One man show that uh, Chaz Palminteri was actually doing um, uh, by the same name, A Bronx Tale. Uh, his name is actually the name of the main character in the movie. Chaz Palminteri's real name is Kalajna, as is the wow. name of the child in the movie, um, played by the child, uh, C, or Kalajna, is played by uh, Frank Francis Capra, who now goes by Frank Capra. <clears throat> um, you know, he's the young guy. Basically, this movie starts off in 1960. Um, you know, it, it starts off, you know, doo-wop was the sound on the street. Seemed like there was one on every corner. Starts off in 1960. And um, basically it's about a young kid idolizing. Um, it starts off he idolizes his father. And then it kind of uh, breaks off to where he, you know, eight years later... He starts, uh, not even eight years later, but as he's growing up, he's idolizing uh, this mobster, Chaz Palminteri, who plays uh, Sonny in the movie. Do they ever give Sonny a last name in this movie? No? Uh, no? Here, just says boy. Sonny. Even if you go to IMDb, Sonny. His father is just Lorenzo. But... Um, you know, and they there's like no last names in this movie except like Jimmy Whispers, and uh, Bobby Bars. You know, Eddie 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 Mush and Tony <laughs> Toupee. <laughs> now, uh, this movie came out. Uh, it was released in the states September 29th, nineteen ninety three. Came out. It was. It actually debuted on September fourteenth, nineteen ninety three, at the uh, Toronto Festival mm -hmm. uh, Film Festival. And let me ask you, this is one of probably one of the first movies that Robert De Niro played against type. Because up until this point, he was always doing like the gangster role. He was always playing a bad guy. This one, he plays like the family man. What did you think of that? Well, I mean, what did you think? I mean, when you first saw it, what was your first reaction seeing uh, De Niro it play was, against type? I'll admit, it was a little weird seeing De Niro play against type. But, I mean, this being his, you know, directing it, 
uh, and doing all the stuff he did for this movie. It's understandable that he didn't want to really get into this, you know, huge, you know, main role. Once you see the movie, it doesn't matter what role he's in. You're really just glad De Niro is in it and doing the directing and the producing and everything. But uh, never bothered me one bit. Uh, it, it wasn't like, uh, I'll admit. Yeah, it wasn't like a big shock. It, it was just kind of different to see him go from like, you know, Jimmy the Gent and Goodfellas well, to a bus driver. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's kind of like when you see... Uh, I, I'm going to use Donnie Brasco as an example. It's kind of tough watching, you know, Pacino be a low-level guy. Yo, yeah, it is. It's a little <laughs> tough watching Pacino be this low-level kind of guy. So, you know, but um, I never had a problem with De Niro in this role. This movie was so, so fucking good. That it never mattered what De Niro was playing in it, but yeah, the... oh, oh, same here. It just kind of—it's just like uh, I brought that point up because it always astounds me mm-hmm. when you see somebody—they're kind of known mm-hmm. for playing certain roles. Like you know, once again, not to get sidetracked, but you look at somebody like Joe Pesci, who I think is very right. tremendously talented actor. But when you see him in something like Goodfellas or uh, Raging Bull or Casino, where he's like this badass guy who, yeah, you know, and scary dude. To go from that to like something like Home Alone or Lethal Weapon, where he's playing like basically mm-hmm. he's playing like the bitch role. It, it, it's it's just like a stamp. That's when you know somebody's a good actor when they can go from zero to sixty like that. Yeah, yeah, and and you know and and take those smaller roles that and, and it, it. His father was definitely a main character in the movie. Let's not you know sit here and be like you know it was like a two minute scene in the movie or anything. The father was a main character in the movie. Um, you know, yeah. I would say he was the conscience. He was like De Niro was like mm-hmm. the moral conscience. Absolutely, and you know, you could say De Niro was. You could also say Chaz Palminteri, who again we you know, we said he played Sonny. He was sort of the same role, but in a different way because he was also trying to be a father to this kid in a different sort of way. You you know, so they they were both playing the same role in a way. Oh, yeah, and it kind of takes you back to a time where, you know, not to romanticize, because it's not, there's not, I mean, you know, we joke about, you know, the mob, this, that, and the other. Nothing funny about mm. the business they were in. But just looking back, just to look at, you know, how Chaz Panteri Sonny handled his business. In his, it was just a different time where even the criminals had a certain degree of respect. Yeah, and, and you know what? Things. Like, things weren't mm-hmm. really done in the open, and they cared about the kid. Like, as long as right. he didn't do stupid shit, cause, especially because they knew him as a youngster, they mm-hmm. knew he wasn't a bad kid, so they they always kind of went out of their way to look Yeah, out and you know, I'm reading um, Wiki here. Uh, Sonny. Reliable source. Last name Lospecchio, according to Wiki. Uh-oh. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I'm looking at the mm-hmm. uh, cast list over here. Let me see. De Niro, that's weird. Lor- I mean, I'm sorry, Lorenzo. <laughs> that don't even sound It sounds right. Spanish. The guy was always, he played like an Italian. You know, I, I'm yeah. sorry, he played an Irishman in every movie. And this. <laughs> Did Lorenzo. No, it sounds sound Spanish. Right. But uh, anyway, that, that 
that's the names they went with. Um, he, he's obviously, you know, fascinated by Sonny in this movie. Um, and uh, basically the turning point of the movie is when uh, – can we just call him C through the whole movie? C witnesses yeah. a murder right on his stoop right in front of him. <clears throat> and um, Sonny did it. And instead of turning in Sonny, he instead chooses to remain quiet. And uh, this was the turning point in the movie when, you know, he obviously, uh, Sonny took a liking to him. You know, started getting him working for him. The kid ends up making a lot of money working for him, which his dad tries to give back. Um, and then it, it already jumps to eight years later where he's, um, I guess he would be, what, like 17 at this point? Right, he yeah, 17. 17. Uh, you know, obviously in high school, and um, the the kind of the 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 other story to this movie is the love interest of C in this movie, which is a girl named Jane, which is an African American girl, and even he says in the movie that's a no no in his neighborhood. And I'll, I'm, before, no, no, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, just real quick, because um, you know, we're you know, we're I want to backtrack real quick. You know, we talked about his relationship with Sonny. I think it's important to also establish that growing up, his father was very much in his life. Like, father was a bus driver, and you could tell like he thought the world of his father right. in in baseball. His father would drop him drop him off to school every day. Make sure you go upstairs. Blah blah blah. They would pass this. I think it was a church or mm -hmm. something. They would cross together. And, and you could tell, like, even as he got into the criminal lifestyle, he kind of always held on to, like, certain things that his father taught him growing up. So when his friends, like, would go down certain routes, he might, he would, like, be involved. He would almost be an observer. He kind of reminded oh, me yeah, of Henry Hill a little bit. Where, like, he observed things. He might get involved here and there. But when something was fucked up, he really wouldn't. He would kind of lean back. He would right. kind of fall back on it. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there to establish that. As even as he got older and kind of like lost touch with his father mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, he still held on to certain things. You know how they say like when you get older, like you go through that stage of teenage years when you kind of drift away from your parents, but then like as you get older, mm -hmm. you drift back to what they taught you, and you kind of come, yeah, you kind of yeah, bring yeah, them exactly. back in. No, 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 you're you, you're right. He there. does. He does kind of hang back and everything, and he, he is more the observer. Um, except in the one part, and we'll 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 kind of get to that as we uh, as we play scenes later. Because, like I said, you could play this whole fucking movie and just just no be enthralled by the whole thing. But uh, again, we go to eight years. He's seventeen. It shows him, you know, he's still with you know hanging out with all these, you know, his friends, so called friends, of course, and. Uh, yeah, oh, bunch of <laughs> bunch of fucking the Mario test. We're gonna have to definitely play that scene. Yeah, you know, you you bring up some of the crime. There, there, there's one scene where you know that they actually end up beating up a bunch of uh, you know some of the African American kids that are coming through the neighborhood, and um, you know that is one of the another changing scene in this movie. Um, that that kind of hit home. Well, it never happened to me. Uh, my mm -hmm. not, not my generation, but that that, that was kind of like a hard scene to watch because it, it kind of you know once again a lot of these mob movies they have a theme of 
they'll make you laugh at certain points at the mannerisms, things they say, but then it's always that one scene that kind of brings it back to these aren't good people. And every mob movie I've ever seen, I don't know if you ever noticed, there's always that one scene, because Martin Scorsese talks about this all the time, like when he, you would watch Goodfellas or Casino, there would always be these scenes where like, he would kind of lull you into that false insecurity, like, hey, these guys are funny guys, they're, you know, Goodfellas, what is that and the other, but it's always that one scene to bring you back that at the end of the day, these yeah, are not good people. These are not good people you want to fuck with. These are not yeah, good people exactly. that you want to Yeah, exactly. No matter how like. funny they are, they're still, you know, hardened criminals is basically, you know, yeah. what he does. Um, and actually his friends were, you know, basically on the path to being hardened criminals. And uh, he... Yeah. His father, that's the one one of the few things that both Sonny and his father... Yeah, and you know... Wanted, that, which is weird. A a career criminal is telling you, like, yeah, look, these guys are fucking morons. They're going to wind up dead or in jail. You can't jerk offs. Look at me. <laughs> jerk offs. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, his friends in this movie are complete scumbags. And uh, I've said before, you know, as uh, you get older, your friends will get you in the worst trouble you've ever been in. Absolutely. Yeah. Friends are not. They love seeing you get in trouble. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, after the scene where they start beating everyone up, obviously, you know, we did mention his little uh, kind of love interest of Jane, the African-American girl. One of them ended up being her brother and accused him of beating her up. He does end up calling him the N word, which, uh, you know, sort of, uh, takes Jane back a little bit. Her brother, he, but her brother does eventually come forward, lets him know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, trust me, I know we're flying through this movie plot-wise, but trust me, we've got a lot more left when we go to the scenes. Uh, I'm kind of purposely doing this uh, in order to just kind of have some fun and go through the scenes later. Yeah, mm -hmm. let, let me ask you, Box. Um, oh, because <laughs> obviously, like, you know, you were born, like, a few years... Like, this movie is set in the 60s, and I guess if he's 17, it goes up to, like, the early to mid-80s. Well... Take me back to a young boxman. Can you can can you relate to some of the ways and he the, and some of the ways that he was coming up where can't lead a stoop where your parents kind of kept a tight leash on you? Not maybe obviously I'm not trying to imply that you were no 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 no, no. actually mind. I grew up in a uh, I mean I yeah I, I might have been born in Boston but I kind of grew up in North Carolina and um, no it wasn't the same there I I, I mean know. I was six years old when I left Boston so. No, this movie doesn't really ring with any of my childhood at all. No. Oh, my. oh so you don't have, have those memories of having to sit on a stoop and parents sitting out your mouth? <laughs> Make sure you get home when the street Th lights That come part, on. <laughs> maybe. But, um, you know, no, nothing really... Uh, no, like I said, I mean, I grew up in North Carolina, and it was not bad. And at that time, it was, I mean... You know, it, we were in decent neighborhoods and everything, so no, it, it wasn't like New York. I Listen, New York is a completely different way of life. It has been for a long time, and it still is. It's a completely different way of life, so no, this, this really didn't. Um, and, you know, this movie would have been 
let's see, if he was 17, movie started off in the 60s, eight years later, so we really only go to, you know, not too far ahead, so. Oh, now it's hailing. Yeah, I'm sorry, it would have been like 1977. Yeah, I, I was two, three years old. So, I don't even remember. I know, it's just kind of like, it's all, it always kind of fascinates me because it's like somewhere along the way, the rails kind of fell off in terms of uh, parents being parents and kids. Not, not to say that it should revert back to mm -hmm. that entirely, but when you see like <laughs> where kids are at now and you kind of look back on some of the, you know, how kids was coming up in the 70s and 50s and 60s, it's like, man, maybe you need to get back to that. Yeah, bit. technology, man, it's good and it's bad. It kills fucking some things and it makes some things better but uh no this movie really doesn't have much to do with the way i grew up at all so you know nope. play stickball that's another thing that kind of blew my mind like you don't see people playing outside anymore he, he was playing stickball he had a baseball cap i'm like baseball i mean remember yeah. those days <laughs> Were you actually yeah i do outside? remember the days of actually going outside i do actually remember those days but um you know like i said i know we're missing some scenes we'll get deeper into the movie as we start going through the scenes in the movie uh playing some of them but um you know basically after he uh you know like i said jane's brother eventually does come forward and he does end up taking out jane um you know but afterwards he's uh he's driving sonny's car while he's taking out Jane. And when he brings the car back, he's confronted by Sonny and his crew. They found a bomb in the car. And uh, this scene also tells you what kind of people you're dealing with. You know, you had said before, all fun and games. But when it comes down to it, look at how he's treating one of his mo. I mean, this kid is basically his son. You know what I mean? And if, I mean, honestly, and I think that's probably what saved his life. Mm -hmm. Even though Sonny confronted him, I think there's always that he has like a certain affection for him because he he knew him since right. he was like eight nine years old. So it, I mean, if it was, if he was just some punk kid that he had plucked from high school like mm -hmm. a, a month or two before this, he no, would have been dead listen, on the spot. This, this this scene brings up the fact that these guys are complete scumbags and will you know you know basically have no loyalty to anyone which you know that's you know a basic thing that anyone knows about the you know the mob but um it also brings up the fact that you know it's a family and you know nothing can break them up you know it's it's it it, it kind of gives you two lessons in this one it gives you the okay these are the kind of guys you're dealing with but also you know a few minutes after you know, he was ready to go back and tell Sonny what happened. Yeah, and, and honestly, you know mm -hmm. what kind of sums it up a little bit? I want to say it was before this scene, obviously. It might have been um, two or three scenes before this. Uh, Sonny has to talk with him. And he basically breaks down, you know, fear and respect. Will, yeah. And how he takes care of his crew just enough right. so that they'll stay loyal, but not too much to where, you know, They'll kind of like right, get too and big yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that scene. We'll, we'll trust me. We're going to start playing scenes in a few minutes here, because uh, really, we're almost done with the plot of the movie. Um, 
Yeah, but um, overall, I, I think that even though you know C kind of got fucked, you know he fucked mm-hmm. up a little bit along the way. I think Sonny, once again, he as he got older and as he, I noticed something throughout the movie. Obviously, when he was younger, he kind of taught him, brought him along, brought him along. But I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if this was like a subliminal thing. But as he got deeper and deeper into it, I think Sonny got to a point where he's like, this kid is getting too deep into it. And mm-hmm. he, he's better than this. I don't want him to be, you know, 20, 30 years down the line like me. Like, I yeah. know I'm a piece of shit. But this kid has the opportunity yeah. to be something more. And I, I, it's almost like he was trying to pull him back a little bit. It's almost like he was... The, that was the one common ground that him and his father well, had. It's, like, it's, I'm talking about Sonny. Sonny's yeah. Father, they both cared about the kid. And they knew he, he was better than what he was Right. And, you know, even in the, um, you know, and, and we'll get to that scene, you know, where he walks in uh, De Niro or as, you know, Lorenzo. Uh, they're also saying that uh, C's last name in this movie was Anello. So Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think they might have. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. The only real last name you get in this movie is Jane. I mean that's I think the most authentic fucking uh Italian name you get is Carmine. Uh, Joe Pesci Carmine. That's Carmine. A... <laughs> that's the most authentic uh, Italian name Carmine. Yeah, 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 you fucking funny how. Eh? Eh? All right, but uh, yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned that, but you know, we also, you know, that's kind of where we'll, we'll we'll get to the scene. De Niro walks in and is arguing with uh, you know um, uh, Sonny, and is basically, you know, he basically Chaz basically says, you know, I, I teach your son to go to school, to stay in school, to get an education. I, that this life isn't for him. You know, so it does show that Sonny doesn't want this life for him and that he is better than this kind of life. So, yeah, I mean, you're 100% right, and it basically is said right in the movie that you're 100% right. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, basically I'm just uh, making your point for you more. Uh <laughs> Appreciate that. They, there you go. There you go. But, okay. uh, you know, after, you know, the whole thing... Jane does come back, like I said, he takes her out, um, and his friends want to go pay these guys back, you know, basically the guys that they were beaten up because they destroyed their social club, and they do by throwing Molotov cocktails at him. Now, Sonny uh, C was in the car, Sonny pulls him out, which is good because uh, in the end of this movie, all of his friends end up end up dying in a fiery fiery car fire where a Molotov cocktail they threw gets thrown back at him. Um, and and yeah. absolutely so they weren't, weren't very smart. Them. And, you know, it. Uh, if, if you can, you know, obviously go by the movie foreshadowing, this is what Sonny, um, you know, was basically telling him. This is what Sonny was telling him. These guys are fucking scumbags. They're going to get you fucking in trouble or killed. And, uh, you know, basically this wraps up the whole movie in a nice little bow. This movie is the probably one of the best wrapped up movies that I've ever watched. It literally wraps up from the beginning to the end. The end of the movie wraps up everything. This is probably one of the few movies all your questions are answered. 
Yes, and I and I'll say Chad's commentary very underrated actor. He he people don't realize he's been around. You want to talk about underrated? Time. Look at him in this movie, and then go watch A Night at the Roxbury. Two, yeah. That's two you tell me this roles. guy isn't one of the most amazing actors you've ever fucking seen. He's he's actually uh, got a, a reoccurring role in Blue Bloods also. Yeah. Oh, shit. Right, yeah. You serious? Cause I, I swear, I, I feel like I, I haven't he's, seen him uh, in Well, years. he does the um, Broadway play, which he's a part of and in. Uh, actually, he does a one, he does the, the uh, I'm sorry, he does a one-man show. I believe he's still doing it. We can uh we can look that up in a little while. But um he's still doing that, but he he did have a reoccurring role on Blue Bloods. I believe it uh it wrapped up about a year ago. But um yeah, he was great on Blue Bloods. He played a uh basically a mob attorney. <laughs> Isn't it though? The irony. Now now, now Box, let me get your thoughts on this. You know, you know, we're both fans of the uh, mafia mm-hmm. genre of movies. Throughout the, uh, you know, Bronx Tale, you got to put Bronx Tale up there. You know, we talk about, you know, the Godfathers and the uh, Mean Streets and the Goodfellas. Would you say that Chaz, Chaz Palminteri as Sonny was probably the most benevolent mob boss that you ever saw? Because, I mean, even though he had those moments, if you really look mm-hmm. at him in the, in this movie... He was kind of like he was very laid back. He was very much, unless you unless you cross the line, he really didn't. Yeah, go out of his but way he kind of me. explains that too because he was sort of a small town. I mean, you know, it, it was the Bronx. You know, he he wasn't like, you know, some you know like a man. Like yeah, Paul, he wasn't like, like a polytype. Manhattan mob boss, and uh, yeah, like a poly type. He was a, kind of a small neighborhood. He loved his neighborhood. He was a neighborhood mob guy, but he was a powerful neighborhood mob guy. Over those eight years, you know, even C says in the movie, over those eight years, not only did did C grow up, but Sonny grew in power. You know, so, but, you know, he, Sonny explains in the movie why he lives in that neighborhood. You know, he he, he loves it. He doesn't, yeah. Yeah, plus, like, you know, the people, you know, the people, you yeah. know, the people know me, I know them. And certain other people, as long as I'm around, they yeah, know Yeah, 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 and, and, you know, the, the, I, I see in the uh, in the chat room, they're kind of debating, you know, between this and Goodfellas as, uh, you know, one of the greatest movies. Mob, you know. Oh, Goodfellas is top. I mean, I love a Bronx but Goodfellas is top, so. They, they, I mean, in, in my and, opinion, and in my opinion, know? and I'm with B-Megs here, I really feel this is a better movie. I think this movie, and, you know, you, you can, you know, you can kind of bring this into true story, not true story, although this movie does have a lot of truth to it because Chaz, Chaz Palminteri basically wrote this off of some of his, um, you know, real childhood experiences. So... Wow. So, in other words, he basically pretty been, much uh, C. Pretty much, he was C. Like I said, that what that is his real name. Uh, brings up his real name right here. Give me one second. Uh, I, I believe Collagenal is how you say that name, right? Well, I believe so. Yeah, because I, I remember because mm-hmm. I, I think um, uh, there was a scene in the movie where uh, you know, <laughs> De Niro was uh, driving C. 
or canals. And he's like, call me C. Everybody calls me C. And his father yeah, was like, no, exactly. no, old school. That's the, that's your, I think that, that's your grandfather's name, something like that. He gave right, like, the old right. school speech. Basically, your friends can call you whatever they want. You can call you can call yourself whatever you want, but I'm yeah. your father. This is what um, I'm call you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we, we've kind of gotten already to kind of the end of the plot. Um, so, you know, we, we can sort of start talking more about it now. Chaz Palminteri's real name, not his Hollywood name, is Collagenal Lorenzo Palminteri. Uh, so, obviously, this movie did have a lot to do with him. He did, like I said, this movie was adapted from a screenplay called A Bronx Tale. Um and he says several characters and names are based on himself and his real life. So this, you know, I'm not saying everything in this story happened to him, and neither is he. But, um, you know, at one point he was offered $1 million for the rights to this, you know, uh, screenplay. But he refused. His conditions weren't met. He had conditions to the movie. De Niro actually went and saw the one-man show that he was doing and um, knew that Paul Monteri wouldn't sell the rights, but he offered a partnership instead of a complete selling of the rights. And immediately De Niro just basically met every condition, you know, without, you know, hesitating. They shook hands and we got this fucking amazing movie, in my opinion. Yes, because, yeah, like I said, Palminteri was smart enough to realize that the money mm -hmm. is in ownership. The money is in the ownership. So, like I said, you can get a million up front, but once you sell the rights to it, you basically sell away the rights to the future money that yeah, the project yeah. would have made. Yeah. That's number one. And number two, De Niro was smart enough to realize, okay, instead of going in there trying to, like, you know, a Vince McMahon mm -hmm. type and take over everything – Work with the guy so we can both yeah, make money off. Yeah, yeah, and and you know we um we're actually not done with the plot because you know after all this happens with Jane, he goes back to tell Sonny how good his little date went with Jane, and you know I'll I will play this scene where you know he sees a face in the crowd that's not smiling, and Sonny actually does get shot in the end of this movie, and. Yeah, yeah the, and uh, um, after this is where we get Joe, Pesci, Joe Pesci's scene where Joe Pesci's in this movie for all of maybe a minute, th not even a minute 30, I would say about 45 seconds. And the first time you see exactly. you really you can't, can't tell us You can hear the voice. Now, if you know what I was going to say, because that, that, that last scene is a good three, four minutes. So he's probably in the movie for a total of four and a half minutes. Um, but, uh, in my opinion, steals the show and again, wraps this movie up in a tight little bow. Uh, you know, absolutely. Continuity is a motherfucker. This a movie is the epitome of continuity. This is what every movie should go for in terms of continuity. Like I said, this is one of the few movies, all your questions are answered. All the things you see at the beginning are, like I said, wrapped up in a nice little bow at the end. It really... Yes, and now, yeah, I know we kind of like agree to a disagree on it, but this is kind of like where I kind of have an issue with how The Sopranos <laughs> ended, because I felt like it was like a long-ass... If you look at it from beginning to end, it starts off like it's like one long-ass movie if you watch every freaking episode. 
And by the end, I understand, mm-hmm. like, which I understand your point, so I'm not going to, like, argue with you about I understand your point mm-hmm. about leaving it open-ended, but considering the fact that they never got mm-hmm. a chance to go back to it, it's kind of like we're and, still and, left and with And you questions. know what? I understand your point in hating it. I completely get why people hate it. I really do. I honestly understand why everyone hated the ending, but I can also understand the people that, you know, understood it and listen like i said the most unfortunate part of that show is the fact that we lost james gandolfini way too early because now we're never gonna get what they left everything open for you know unfortunately we lost james gandolfini way too early so now we're not gonna get the movies they left it open for the possible reprisal of you know the show on hbo that we could have gotten so you know it's it's whatever they had planned you know yeah i mean and who knows because i mean obviously to your point had he lived I do think that event, because I, I think the story was, like, I guess once the show ended, he was kind of ready to, like, separate himself from it. Because if you notice, every project that he did after that was basically against Tony Soprano type. So he was like, clearly uh, trying to get away from it. Are you telling me the um, the the part he played in, what was it, the, um, what was it, the, uh, the oh, what was that magician movie with Steve Carell? Bert Bert uh, Wonderstone. I, I, I'm a, that's one I missed. Yeah, I believe it I or not, I enjoyed one. the movie. I would say it was with him and Steve Buscemi. That one I missed. Check it out. Well, I'll, eventually I'm going to make us do that one because it. Uh, I think it was the amazing Bert Wonderstone. But uh, he so he was a, he was a no. James Gandolfini one? was a casino owner. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 check it out. It then. was a good movie. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the title that kind of threw me off. I'm like, yeah, I probably. It really wasn't that bad of a movie, man. But uh, the, the the part Joe Pesci plays in this movie, though, at the end is amazing. Like I said, it really wraps it up, and I'm definitely gonna play that scene. I don't care how long it is. I'm gonna play a bunch of fucking scenes tonight. Uh, but I did want to get the, the the plot out of the way. So we can sort of just concentrate on the scenes because I believe the scenes in this movie really mean a lot in this movie. So, uh, you know, we'll definitely do that. And, um, you know, I I guess we can kind of get into that now. I believe we've kind of gone over everything. Um, You know, we mentioned Robert De Niro's in this movie as Lorenzo. Chaz Palminteri as Sonny. uh, Lilo Brancato as uh, older Collagino and, like I said before, Fran- Frank Francis slash Frank Capra as a young Collagino. Um, and uh, we brought it up, you know. It's, it's kind of funny. We kind of went off on a couple of Sopranos tangents. This, this Bronx here mm-hmm. has a Sopranos tie-in. Hey, absolutely. Catherine, uh, Narducci. Catherine Narducci. Uh She was a... Uh, who was the guy? Artie, the uh, restaurant mm-hmm. owner on uh, Sopranos. Ab- yeah, his wife. His wife. Who, who I don't know, I don't know about this movie, but in Bronx in uh, Sopranos, yeah, she still looked pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> uh, Tara Hicks, t- I'm sorry, Terrell Hicks played Jane. Um, obviously, Joe Pesci played Carmine. Bunch of other guys in this movie who were. Well, don't worry, we're going to let you meet them. Uh, 
but uh, obviously, you know, I got to do my quick NYPD Blue. C, older C, was in one episode of NYPD Blue. Um, with uh, He was in the same episode that uh, the one episode Danny Baldwin was in. Yeah, if that doesn't... Wow. Uh, a Baldwin. I got a Baldwin out of that one, motherfucker. And a dang and a Daniel Ball. Because <laughs> honestly, I, I I swear this is probably one of the few times we'll ever bring. Oh up no, Daniel no 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 no! One night we're gonna have to also review John Carpenter's Vampires. That is a good uh. with James Woods, <laughs> Daniel Baldwin, fucking amazing movie. We're gonna have to do that one one night too. Okay, I guess uh, real quick, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Who is your favorite bald one? Oh, uh, believe it or not, is it Alex Stephen? Mm-hmm. Stephen Baldwin. I like Stephen Baldwin's movies. I love Biodome. I think it's a great movie. You ever, uh, did you ever see Fled? Oh, and uh, Larry. He was I'm sorry, no, uh, He was Larry Fishburne in his first few movies, like Red Heat. Um. Yeah. But once he once he got established, same thing with Samuel I Jackson. Be- Samuel L. Yep. Jackson. It was Sam Jackson. I, I believe but- Boys in the Hood was the first Lawrence Fishburne movie we got. Uh, he was Larry before that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Larry Fishburne at that time, and uh, yeah, yeah. That 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 was Fled was a oh Lawrence at that time. Yeah, Fled was a great movie, underrated. Didn't do that well, but underrated movie. Um, so yeah. That 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 was another good movie. I I like Stephen Baldwin. I do. Yeah, Stephen Stephen's probably my favorite. He he, um like I said, he didn't have the career. Obviously, Alec is the most successful of the brothers. But uh, Stephen was in a lot of underrated. You know, now that I think about it, yeah. And I do like Alec Baldwin. Uh, I can never forget the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Uh, He steals. He's in that movie for all of ten minutes and steals it. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, and I don't know if you ever saw mm-hmm. him in uh, The Getaway, the 94 version Kim with uh, Kim uh, Basinger. There's a 72 version. Yeah, I've seen that so. one, too. But yeah, 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 but, um, well, shit, I'm actually excited to play some of the scenes in this movie. I really am. Um, this is a mo- You're actually missing an NYPD Blue. No, I just told you, I'm she ashamed. was in an episode. No, uh, and also that, uh, Catherine uh, mm-hmm. Narducci. I'm looking at her uh, wiki. She was in a. I believe she was in Blue, two apparently. episodes, maybe. No, 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 no. One. Let me see here. I'm looking up. It says she was at uh, between '95 and 2004. No, was she no, like no. a recurring Hold character. On a second. Let me get to Catherine Narducci. I got it right here. Open link. Control F. Blue. That's right. I'm teaching you guys Windows shortcuts here. Blue. Blue Bloods. She was even in Blue Bloods also. Uh, NYPD Blue. She was in two episodes. Uh, Anna Marie Fusco. She played two different characters. Um, One of them... Uh, Now, Peeler, I hardly knew her. I do remember. That was a later episode with... uh, That was in, I believe, season seven. No. It had to be season six. Because... um, Danny died a little while after that, which was uh, Rick Schroeder. And uh, I remember both of these episodes she played in, which is scary as fuck. Uh, <laughs> my fiancé believes I am the Rain Man of NYPD Blue. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so so it's a no NYPD yeah. Blue is your yeah NYPD Blue yeah, yeah. um season two eight yeah exactly. no I'm, I'm not that bad but um I'll tell you the truth if we look through the cast of this movie we would find more um again it, this movie was based in New York I guarantee we'd find more. I believe Slick was even in an episode. Let me see here. Slick right here. Uh, Patrick, and I believe even uh, Mario might have been played, uh, might have been uh, in an episode. Like I said, half that movie was probably in. Nope. he uh, Slick wasn't, but uh, let's see. But Mario was in, uh, let's see, Mario was. I was right about that. Mario was in there. Yeah, and it's it's funny how this movie actually uh, launched a lot of careers, because apparently like De Niro mm-hmm. got a lot of local people, and it's uh the guy that played uh what's his name, uh Nicky Zero, the the uh, gun dealer. This was his okay. First movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah we'll definitely get to that too. Um, now, you know, bef- before we get to scenes. Let's talk a little bit about the kid who played older C, uh, Lillo Brincato. Yeah, um, what a fuck up he is. You know, was in this movie, uh, was in Renaissance Man, which was another. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. He was in, uh, what a, mm-hmm. he did a few episodes yeah, of Sopranos. Yeah, mm-hmm. Renaissance Man's a really good movie. He was also in Enemy of the State really quickly. Uh, that's another one you guys can also check out in the archives there that we've done. Uh, yeah, good actor. I, you know, it's just a shame that he kind of you know derailed. Uh, could have been a great career. Derailed is a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I'm You're obviously to be, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to, I'm trying to I, put the tip in. So just, to speak we get to just a tip to put in the tip. <laughs> yeah, you got, got to keep people. You know, yeah. Let's. He. Ended up in a little bit of trouble. A little bit of trouble. Uh, 2005, he was arrested and charged with seventh-degree misdemeanor criminal possession of a controlled substance, which I believe at that time was cocaine. Um, He gave... I'm sorry, it was heroin, actually, uh, which was found in a cigarette box. Then again in December, he was arrested again of on suspicion of murdering an off-duty police officer. officer uh, I believe... I don't think he was actually convicted of... Let's see here. Uh, they found that he... Yeah, he wasn't, but he was... He, they did find out he was sort of an accomplice, but nothing they could uh, prosecute. Um but they did arrest him with um you know for that uh he was also uh actually he was charged with second degree murder in that case I'm sorry uh trial began judge he did get 10 years for that actually excuse me he got 10 years for that oh he did i i i knew he, i knew he did some jail time i, I could have swore he had got he didn't serve the whole mm. sentence i thought he got out early no the father of his girlfriend was convicted of first-degree murder. He obviously oh, had something gotcha, to do gotcha. with it and was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Uh, he was released December, 2000, December 31, 2013, 
and according to his IMDb, does have one, two, three, four, five movies in post-production for this year, 2017. Yeah, so uh, hopefully, uh, <laughs> he do, you know he keeps his uh, gets his act together. Because like I said, you know. Before before all of this unnecessary shit came up for him, he, mm-hmm. like I said, he was a good actor, in my opinion. Not not great, not Academy Award worthy necessarily, but he's yeah, been in some yeah, good yeah, roles. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a, a few. I mean, like I said, you know, Renaissance Man. I really liked that movie. Like you said, he did. You know, a, a one, two, three, four, five, five episodes of The Sopranos. Like you said, um, yes. and no, no, I'm not. No, I'm sorry to cut you off. He, I mean, he had one of the best kill scenes ever. <laughs> I don't know if you remember the episode where fucking Tony and uh, I think it was uh, Paulie, they, they had him tied up, and they asked him, you know, what's your last for? Because he basically had fucked up, and they tied him up. They beat the ever-loving piss out of him, and they basically, had, you know, the equivalent of, what's your final request? And I think he asked for, like, a soda <laughs> or something, a drink or something, and they let him drink it. And I think Tony, I I, I can't remember exactly I said, I hope you enjoyed that fucking soda. <laughs> bang, bang. They just, and he's like, no, no, I don't want to die. And then he just blew him away. Yeah, I, like crazy. I said, I really haven't actually watched all of that. But um, I need to. And I have it. I've got all the episodes. I just need to check it out. Um, Anthony, let's start playing some of these scenes. Uh, I'm yes. going to start. At, of course, you know me. I'm going to start at the beginning. Give me a few seconds here, and I'll start at the, uh, basically the beginning. And we'll just kind of go through a few scenes of this movie. And um, some of them may take a little long, but you know what? This movie's worth it. So uh, here you go. Let's start right here. What do you think, Anthony? Here's this. Huh? This is the Fordham section of the Bronx. My home. A world unto itself. You could get to any bong 15 minutes from here, but they might as well be 3,000 miles away. That's Mount Carmel Church, and the sound of the bells would fill the neighborhood. On the streets of the Bronx, where I want to be. It was 1960, and doo wop was the sound on the streets. Felt like there was a doo-wop group on every corner back then. What a time it was. The New York Yankees were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates in the World Series, and Mickey Mantle was like a god to me. My dad would take me to Yankee Stadium, and we would watch the Yankees win. That's the Shea Bippy. That's where all the guys hung out. But I'll tell you about them later. That's my building. I live right there on the third floor. 667 East 187th Street. There's my stoop. And on warm summer nights, all through the neighborhood, you would hear the sounds of young Italian men romancing their women. Hey, Marie! Get in the fucking car! (laughs) There's Italian men romancing their women. Um, you know, I I just wanted to kind of start with that scene. It kind of uh, lays out the whole movie, if you will. 
um, a little bit. Just kind of shows you where he's from, what he's doing, uh, how everything is. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it, you know, and and you know, this is also where we, you know we kind of start seeing Sonny right here. He starts talking about him a little bit, but uh, I believe the next scene is where he starts sort of introducing everybody. Right after. Yeah, I'm going to go a little further in this here. I'm just kind of getting some scenes going here. Where are we at here? All right, we're going right now. The introduction scene, but, uh, you know, like I said, this really is one of the kind of movies we could play. God damn, we could play every scene in this movie, but, uh, you know. Yeah, go ahead. While you're queuing up the next scene, let me. What, what's, what's, your, what's your thoughts on uh, the uh, whole narration of movies? Like, do you like that kind of like. See, do you like movies that uh, basically tells the story mm-hmm. through one person's eyes, through one from one yes. person's point of view? I'm a big fan of movies that are narrated, absolutely. And it's, and this movie, especially because of the the voice of C in this movie. Obviously, we you know the the older kid was was uh, you know Lillo. Uh, he really had a perfect voice for this movie. I don't know why it just clicked. You know what I mean? That voice. Yeah, it set the tone. Like his voice kind of set. It the really tone did. For the you know, the, the, his say. accent number one, but his voice just it fit. I, 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 yeah, very hard to explain. His voice fit. So obviously, casting this in this movie excellent. But uh, I believe I'm at the part right now where he does sort of introduce all the guys that he's hanging out with. Let's uh, let me let me let me double check here. Where are we at? Yeah. Sonny's place. Tony was a frustrated singer and everybody hated his voice. So just for spite, he would never utter a spoken word. He would only sing it. They called him Tony Toupet because he wore the worst hairpiece in the world. It didn't turn out just like my plan. Eddie Mush was a degenerate gambler. He was also the biggest loser in the whole world. They called him Mush because everything he touched turned to mush. He would go to the racetrack and the teller would give him his tickets already ripped up. Jojo the well, as they say, you didn't walk with Jojo, you walked among him. If you stared at Jojo long enough, you would see him get fatter by the hour. Legend has it, his shadow once killed a dog. They called him Frankie Coffee Cake because his face looked like a Drake's coffee cake. He was tough to look at. I have fallen in love with you for the rest of my whole life through. Hey kid, how you doing? His name was Jimmy Whispers and he was Sonny's main man. They called him Whispers because everything was a secret to him. Danny Kale loved to knock guys out, and Bobby Barr spent half his life behind them. This was Sonny's crew, and nobody fought with these guys. What are you doing here? Now, you know, you can bring up a lot of movies, but you can't tell me that doesn't have good fellows to it. Exactly. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. That was Absolutely. the point I was just about to make. You know why? You when they say 
uh, what's the what's the saying? Um, imitation is mm-hmm. the sincerest form of flarity. That was, I mean, it, once again, I love I love this movie. It's no Goodfellas though, and throughout that whole introduction of the characters, I was begging, I was begging for a Jimmy Two Times reference. <laughs> get you know, the papers, the papers, gotta get the papers. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is probably one of the greatest singular lines ever. If that guy never did another fucking thing in Hollywood, he is immortalized forever. Because everybody knows yeah. that scene from Goodfellas. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But this scene had Goodfellas written all over it. It was just, and exactly, I I yeah. would dare to say that De Niro was uh, paying homage to Scorsese with that part. Uh, I mean, yeah. it was completely that. You know, exactly that, actually. Um but uh, you know, I, I really love that part. That's the exact movie you think of when you see that is uh, Goodfellas. The whole part there. Um, yeah, taking Goodfellas out of it, I wish kind of like more movies. I mean, that's something I feel like that's missing from movies today, where they don't really give you a good setup for the character. They they'll set up mm-hmm. the main characters, but a lot of times, a lot of the good parts of a movie come from those little side characters that you're not really right. expecting anything from. And it would be nice to kind of give like some uh, exposition to those guys and like what part do they really play in the mm-hmm. lives of the central characters instead of just kind of like being there and not really yeah, having much yeah, of a purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I kind of, you know, like I said, we're going to play some scenes. I'm jumping now. I'm, uh, I'm going to play a little bit after this. Some of the scenes he has as a kid are uh, really good. I, I, I need to go you know, right after this scene is where this, they start getting him. I'm at the part now where he's, uh, you know, he does not pick Sonny out as the guy who killed the guy who was attacking Carmine. And, you know, he says something in this, De Niro says something to his son in this movie. He says, you did a good thing for a really bad man. Uh, and, you know, he, as he's told, this is another saying in this movie that, you know, in the beginning of the movie that has some, you know, kind of comes up a few times, you'll understand when you're older, you know, which is why, yeah, yeah, and and you're really happy that the movie, as soon as he gets to be an older, you're like, yes, now I can see what he understands, (laughs) you know, but, uh, you know, it, 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 shows you know one of the things where you know his father is definitely you know he was scared there that his son was going to actually tell the truth which would have gotten him in a lot of trouble but um you know after this you know they start offering his dad jobs and they're really impressed with his son because his son did the right thing you know by uh yeah you know, quote unquote <laughs> you, know, you know you know what his son yeah did? <laughs> by new <laughs> york standards um now, one of the funniest parts to me in this movie is when he, when uh, Little C, well, we'll let's uh, let's call him Little C. When Little C goes to uh, confession, and I need to play that scene because yeah. I love when he goes, <laughs> when he gets the hell married, he's like, "That's it for a murder rap. That's not bad," and he runs out. <laughs> So let's just play this real quick, just for the hell of it. I love this part. It's the cutest part of the movie, if I dare say. And uh, I'm going to play it because I like it. Fuck it. 
me fall in fire sins. It has been one month since my last confession, and these are my sins. I missed Mass on Sunday twice. I lied about witnessing a murder once. I ate me on Friday once. Wait a minute. Can you back up a little bit and say that again? I ate me on Friday once? No, not that one. Back up a little more. I lied about witnessing a murder? Yeah, that's the one. Do you realize what you said? It was only once, Father. Do you know what the fifth is? Yes, Father, I know what the fifth is. The fifth is I refuse to answer on the grounds that I'm an incriminate. The fifth commandment. Thou shalt not kill. That's right. Now I want you to tell me what happened. No, Father. I'm not telling nobody nothing. Don't be afraid, my son. Nobody's more powerful than God. I don't know about that, Father. Your guy's bigger than my guy up there. But my guy's bigger than your guy down here. Now, I want to pause there because that's another saying that needs to be paused and spoke about. Holy shit, is he right? <laughs> I mean, these... Yeah. The cops, yeah, yeah, yeah. I the mean, priest, I, they can all... Absolutely, no, they can all no tell you this and that, but realize one thing. Down here is what matters. <laughs> this kid's smart enough yeah. to know that, and I really... That, that that's another one of the, you know, genius lines in the movie, if you ask me. Uh, it, it just kind of brings, it's almost like it brings life into perspective. You know, there's a lot of things that, you know, people yeah. can say that, oh, heaven is heaven. But you know what? I got to live here <laughs> in the real world. And, uh, you know, it, that's just one of the greatest lines in the whole movie. All right. I'll, uh, go yeah. yeah, yeah, it really is. I'll proceed from there. You got a point. Five Our Fathers and five Hail Marys for your penance. For a murder <laughs> That's not bad, Father. What did you say? Bye, Father! It was great to be Catholic and go to confession. You could start over every week. There you go. There you go. And um, this is also where he starts uh, C... Uh, young C, little C, starts kind of taking, uh, Sonny starts taking a liking to him. And um, real quick, before this, um, I'm going to take a quick break, if you guys don't mind. I uh, I hear tornado sirens and hail. Just give me, uh, give me a couple minutes here. I'm going to take a quick break. And we'll come right back. I just want to make sure uh, everything's good. I hear some scurrying out there. And uh, just give us a couple minutes and we'll be right back. And uh, I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. Just want to make sure everything was cool. Everything is. Appreciate y'all waiting on me there. And um, let's get back to this movie real quick. Uh, Bronx Tale we were talking about. Um, I'm about to go to the scene right now where Sonny, right after uh, Little C, which is what we're calling him, decides not to uh, tell on Sonny for the murder. And Sonny basically calls him in. Uh, you know, he, he, he called for him. He got called for him. Uh, while he was out fixing his bike. And uh, I'm going to play the scene real quick, the first scene where Sonny is talking to him, because it's really a turning point in the movie. It's kind of where 
little C starts seeing things a little differently, um, growing up a little bit. And uh, here it is. How you doing, kid? Good. We finally meet face to face. Yeah. Are you afraid of me? No. That's good. What's your name? Claudio. <laughs> That's a big name. You got a nickname or something? No. What do your friends call you? Claudio. Claudio. That makes sense. What are you, a Yankee fan? Yeah. Sit down. No, no, come over here. Sit over here next to me. Come here. So you must be pretty upset after the Yankees lost. Bill Mazeroski. I hate him. He made Mickey Mantle cry. The paper said that the Mick was crying. Mickey Mantle, is that what you're upset about? Mickey Mantle makes $100,000 a year. How much does your father make? I don't know. You don't know? See if your father can't pay the rent. Go with Mickey Mantle and see what he tells you. Mickey Mantle don't care about you, so why should you care about him? Nobody cares. <laughs> okay. I'm going to pause it there because that's pretty much what the, the part I wanted to talk about. Uh, that's one of the turning points in the movie. If you remember the beginning, basically he said Mickey Mantle was a god to me. Uh, you know, and then, then the first part I played, you know, it was 1960. Do up was a sound on the street. Mickey Mantle was a god to me. Um, this is where he basically this talk with Sonny makes him look at a lot of things in a different way. Uh, you know, he's yeah. right. He broken, starts basically. seeing things like Sonny at this point. He really does. He's kind of starts looking through Sonny's eyes. At this point, which I kind of think is what they were going for at this point. Uh, but, uh, you know, th th there's a little more to this movie. But I did want to at least mention that part because that's probably there's a callback to that part, which I'll play in a little while. But um, that's one of the parts in the movie that's amazing. And uh, here and there's another part that's a callback where I said again, you know, you'll understand when you get older. He hears that a lot in the movie. And uh, here's one more part. Can I ask you something? Sure. Did you shoot that man over Balkan's face? When you get older, you understand. There it is. Mm -hmm. From that day on, I never felt the same way about the Yankees again. Uh, yeah. See, that, that that's why I wanted to play that scene. He never felt the same way about the Yankees, Mickey Mantle, anybody. Uh, started working at the bar. Uh, Shea Bippy, which he mentioned in, in also in the beginning. Started working there, making a damn good amount of money, um, which we'll eventually get to. But, um, you know, we do need to bring up the dice scene in the movie. We've got to bring this up because it's a great fucking scene in the movie. Well, I'm not going to play anything from it because it's a really long scene. But uh, this is the scene where 
uh, little C comes down, and so, you know they're all down there shooting dice, and uh, he brings little C in for him to shoot for him. Sonny does. You know, they give him a little shit, and Sonny, of course, being the boss, just looks around and kind of goes, hey, we got a problem with that? No one does, of course. But uh, Sonny's... St- no. Yeah. He confronted. They didn't but when Sonny starts letting him shoot, he starts getting really picky about who's around him, who's looking at C, and uh, he takes uh, the whale... And throws him in the bathroom for 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 breathing all over him. Then he takes coffee cake, puts him in the bathroom, and uh, no, no, yeah. that was my favorite part. You know why? Because he said, "I don't want, that, I don't want this face. kid looking at that face yes. while he's shooting my dice." Yeah, and, and <laughs> they wouldn't let head. Eddie Mush put the money in because he didn't want that man's money touching anything of his. Hey, he's the first one they put. Yeah. This is what I mean about you know. I was, to my point earlier, they you're supposed to not like these guys, but it seems like this that make you go yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the kid does end up making a lot of fucking money for Sonny, and he also finds out. Uh, little C finds out he's getting a lot of respect from people around the neighborhood. Um, you know, people just giving him things. Uh, you know, the, the, the food guy that was, uh, you know, driving around treating him like shit suddenly is treating him great. But, um, you know, his dad ends up finding $600 in his, uh, in his drawer and asks him where he gets it. And he tells him where he gets it from the bar. And, you know, his dad does end up going and turning in the money. And this is the argument that I want to play because this actually calls back to the scene just a little while ago. Um, give me one second here. I'm kind of lining up for the scene. Here we go. Hold on. Missed a little bit of it here. Uh, right here. This is a good start where he asked where Sonny is. Here we go. Sonny around? Yeah, I think he's in the back. We can't accept that. I didn't give it to you. I gave it to your son. He worked for you. That's right, my son. And I don't want my son involved in what goes on here. Involved in what? What are you talking about? Please, I'm not a stupid man, okay? Please, I'm not stupid. You know what I'm talking about. Just stay away from my son, okay? Hey, you stay right over here. See, why don't you go outside? I want to talk to your father. I'll speak to my own son. <laughs> don't you wait outside. First of all, I respect you, Lorenzo. You're a stand-up guy. We're from the same neighborhood. But don't ever talk to me like that again. I tell you something to go to school, to go to college. You don't understand. It's not what you say. It's what he sees. It's the clothes. It's the cars. It's the money. It's everything. He tried to throw away his baseball cards the other day because he said, Mickey Mantle will never pay my rent. <laughs> he said that to you? <laughs> <laughs> I want to pause there because that's the callback scene, number one. Number two, it... It shows how much Sonny cares for the kid because right after he says that, you see this look of joy on Sonny's face. And not only a look of joy, but almost like a look of fatherly joy on Sonny's face. Like he was really proud of the kid for saying it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, 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 yeah. it, it that was one of the things that kind of hit with me is that, you know, oh my God, you know, he really. 
he really did feel like he was a father to this kid, and especially at this moment, you know, I mean, you know, his his uh, you know, Jimmy whispers is you know grabbing his arm like, oh, Sonny, that's fucking great, you know, it, it, he really did consider himself a father to this kid, and this just proved that you know that the kid was kind of you know having the recip you know the kind of the same feelings that you know Sonny was sort of like a second father to him. So just a you know really good, but that was main the main part of that scene I wanted to play. But uh, it's also the part where uh, you know again Sonny said he has respect for Lorenzo, and you know there's one part Jimmy whispers is like you know should we take care of him, and he goes no no leave him alone. You can see Sonny understands that all he is is a father trying to you know just keep his son safe. That's it. That 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 that's all that scene is is a father trying to keep his son from getting in trouble, um, but it's after that scene where you know he basically leaves the bar and his kid is upset. <clears throat> that's another part of the scene I want to play real quick, and um, you know, but I because you know it brings up a, a, something me and Anthony were talking about off air that uh, one of the best scenes you know in this movie is probably right here. Where's my money, Dad? I left it in there. What? How could you do that, Dad? It was my money. That's bad money. I don't want you to have that money. Dad, I earned that money. I said I want you to stay away from him. Dad, please listen to me. I said you stay away from him. Dad, listen to me. Did you hear what I said? You stay away from him. Say he was right. The Wilker man is a, he's a sucker, Dad. He's a sucker. He's wrong. It don't take much strength to pull a trigger, but try and get up every morning, day after day, and work for a living. Let's see him try that. Then we'll see who's the real tough guy. The working man is the tough guy. Your father's the tough guy. But everybody loves him, just like everybody loves you on the bus. It's the no. same thing. No, it's not the same. People don't love him. They fear him. There's a difference. <laughs> that little scene right there might have basically wrapped up the plot for the whole movie. It, it, yeah. And uh, we're going to get another mm-hmm. call back to this scene with an older C and an older, right. obviously, uh, Lorenzo. With that, uh, so I want people to keep that little line in that he said that the working man's a sucker because we're going to have a little call back Absolutely. to that later. Most definitely. But, I mean, that scene right there is really the the plot of the movie. Um, you know, the, the the working man is the tough guy. That's who's a tough guy. And that's the whole thing that his dad in this movie is trying to prove. That's probably the, I mean, that's really the main focus of this movie. His father is trying to prove to him who the real tough guy is. You know, who to look up to. Yeah. Don't look up to a guy like him. You know, you know, like he was saying, you know, it's it's kind of like people say now, you know, I mean, the drug dealers, they got the fucking, the money, the clothes, the cars. You know, same concept back then. You know, the money, the clothes, the cars. It was the same thing back then that, you know, it was just a different, a different thing. But, uh, you know, you know, obviously now we kind of go to this, you know, he's, uh, he's older. We go eight years older and, uh, you know, he's, you know, sitting there with Sonny and we get, uh, you know, older C, 17 years old, gambling with Sonny, hanging out at his, uh, his social club with his friends. And, uh. I've got to play the Mario test. I've got to play the Mario test scene. 
one of the funniest scenes in the movie. They're sitting there and they're, you know, obviously these girls walking by there, you know, over there. They're speaking Italian, everything they can, trying to get the girls over. And this little skinny, if I can be honest for a minute, Mario would be me. The little... I would be you Mario Hot. So you, you the little, little big nose, skinny Jewish kid, which is basically what Mario was, because he was certainly not Italian. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, basically that would be me if I had to, uh, you know, basically put myself in the movie. Probably he would be me, but uh, I gotta play the Mario test because it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Let me see where I'm at here. Those fucking words are both pigs. How the hell do you know? Fuck you, see. How the hell do you know? They failed my test in a second. What test are we talking about? It has a name or something? If you want to know if you can trust a girl and she's good enough to marry, she's got to pass the test. I call it the Mario test. This I got to hear. What's this test? I got to hear. The test is you take a girl like that, you take her for a ride in your car, right? Jump on the highway, you pull right up to one of them big fucking eighteen wheelers on the highway, right? You pull right alongside of it, you get the attention of the driver, honk your horn, do what you gotta do, make sure he's looking at you. That's important. Now at the same time, you put your hand behind this fucking broad's head and you start pushing her head down firmly between your legs. Yeah? Get the fuck out of here. For her own good, believe me. Now, if this girl goes down on the old brajol, knowing that that guy in the truck is watching, then she's a pig and she can't be trusted. It's not gonna work. Sick maniac. You're a sick maniac. You need some help. When they get into it, they do something with their hand. They throw their hair over their ear. They didn't before. There you go. The Mario test. So, if... No, I don't. But listen, if you're going to have a test and you're that young, that's probably a good one to have. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is also the part that, um, you know, they start seeing the, uh, the, you know, the, I'm, I'm the basically, you know, but the the black guy is coming through their neighborhood and they start getting upset about it. Only one not upset about it is C. Uh, you can see he's a little more, uh, forgiving. He's like, you know, as long as they don't stop, as long as they're just driving through, who gives a shit? The other friends you can see here are big fucking scumbags. Uh, yeah, and it goes back to when they were kids because this is like you'll see different instances of their, throughout their life where they'll mm-hmm. have a bus with the black guys and the you know coming through town and they they always had something to say yeah. about it except see even when they were kids because it was a scene early on when they were all kids coming on the street and you saw like obviously the uh, segregated bus coming through town and the one kid stuck mm-hmm. his head out the window and flipped them off. And they tried to chase him down. And yeah, didn't get yeah. Him and obviously, we got a grown-up C here, and uh, you know his dad still, you know, being a dad. Um, this is also right here. We're at the scene where he sees Jane for the first time. Um, I guess I can play. Yeah. And then, and Jane is—they're clearly into each other. So it's not like it's just yeah. a one-sided situation. Yeah, exactly. It's obviously not. Um, you give me a few more seconds here, and we'll get into that. Here we go, right here. Hey, 
I'm uh, kind of trying to push forward a little bit. I guess I kind of backed up a little early in the scene, but uh, here we go. Uh, it's, I believe it's when she. I believe it's when she gets off the bus. She starts talking about her, but let's see here. Twisting your arm. They're smiling at each other through the scene a little bit, um, and you know she's smiling back at him and shaking her head a little bit. But uh, God, the music here we go. Damn it, I'm still not there. Uh, this they're, they're still just looking at each other. But yeah, him, him and Jane obviously are into each other in this scene. And uh, here we go. They're crossing through. And uh, she lives on Webster Avenue, which is not the best. But, you know, the, the, even the music changes in this thing. So obviously we're getting yeah. into a little thing here. here we're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, believe it or not, uh, Box, there's actually a Webster I wouldn't Street doubt in it. Philly. <laughs> All right, here we go. Give me a minute here. Still staring at her. She was tall, she was beautiful, and she was classy. But she was black. And that was a no-no in my neighborhood. There you go. Which brings up the secondary, I guess the secondary plot to this movie, which is his love interest in the movie, <clears throat> which really becomes a large part of the movie at the end, but isn't the main plot. Obviously, the main plot in the movie we, we established was uh, him becoming a man and, you know, having correct morals. Uh, which is really the, the the what this movie is about morals and you know doing the right thing and this and that uh, you know and we get to the part where uh, C finds Louis is that his name Louis and uh, this is another part in the so. movie I definitely want to play he's screaming at this kid who owes him twenty dollars. Uh, yeah, my grandma said, "Hey, I, yeah, I'll every excuse in the book." Later. And he's dodging him, and um, you know he's screaming across the street, chasing him. And Sonny sees this, and of course, Sonny, you know, kind of being the uh, the, the 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 mentor to 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 see that he is, goes and grabs Sonny. And I definitely want to play this part. Uh, this is another part that's very important in the movie. Uh, maybe a little long, but uh, I'm gonna play it anyway. Here we go. Hit him with a fucking bat. I come all over the fucking block. What are you kidding me? Is that the advice you give the kid? Is that the advice you give the kid? Come on, it's cool. I'm treating like a hooker. Don't listen to these hoodlums. I'm going to go to Gino's. I'll be right back. All right, but it's not that much. What's the matter? This guy Louie dumps over here. You know, he owes me $20. It's been two weeks now, and every time he sees me, he keeps dodging me. Yeah. He's becoming a real pain in the ass. I mean, should I crack him on or what? What's the matter with you? What have I been telling you? Sometimes hurting somebody ain't the answer. First of all, is he a good friend of yours? Nah, I don't even like him. You don't even like him. There's your answer right there. Look at it this way. It costs you $20 to get rid of him. Right? 
He's never going to bother you again. He's never going to ask you for money again. He's out of your life for $20. You got off cheap. Forget it. You're always right. You're always right. Yeah, I'm always right. If I was always right, I wouldn't have done 10 years in the joint. I can pause it there real quick. We can go over that part right there. Because that, that, that was the main part. For $20, he's out of your life. For good. That's a good lesson right there to a lot of people. Uh, you know, if, if someone owes you a little bit, don't go chasing him across the fucking street. For 20 bucks, he's out of your life. Forget it. What's the, what's the big deal? Yeah, well, yeah, regardless, yeah, any amount of money, honestly. Even if, even if it's a large sum, I mean, sometimes you just got to take yeah, certain things on the Yeah, chain. really. And, and it, it kind of goes back to where it goes back to the scene again where, you know, he's telling, you know, him that, uh, you know, Mickey Mantle never never paid your rent. Who cares? The who cares in this movie is actually a big part of the movie because he's even telling him, hey, again, who cares? Who cares? There's a lot of, basically in this, a lot of scenes in this movie have to do with that, the who cares. And it, it, he's not actually telling him who cares. It's... What's important is really what he's telling him. What? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. His whole the moral of the story is care right. About the people Did, that care well, about you. more decide what's important. Is that the most important thing to fight for? No, no, it's not. And that's pretty much what Sonny is trying to teach him through the movie. Um, but I do want to continue with the scene because it kind of gets into the uh, you know how how Sonny you know, kind of got some of his wisdom and everything, but it also brings up something his father said, and I'm sure this is part Anthony was going to bring up too. Uh, his father said people don't respect him or love him. They fear him. And Sonny's going to sort of answer that question in this talk right here, but I did want to pause it, kind of bring up where we wanted to go. I just didn't want to uh, gloss past that because, you know, the... Who gives a shit and the let it go attitude is a big part of what Sonny is trying to teach him the whole time in this movie. So, you know, from there, I'm going to go. There's only three things you can do with a joint kid. Lift weights, play cards, and get into trouble. What did you do? Me? I read. What did you read? You ever hear Machiavelli? Hmm? Machiavelli. Uh, Quick uh, call back to the Tupac episode. Check that out in the archives, guys. Yes. By the way, just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> From 500 years ago. Availability. That's what he always said. Availability? That's right. Listen to me. I can live anywhere I want to. You know why I live in this neighborhood? Availability. I want to stay close to everything. Because being on the spot, I can see trouble immediately. Trouble is like a cancer. You gotta get it early. If you don't get it early, it gets too big, then it kills you. That's why you gotta cut it out. Fabish? Huh? Come on. You worried about Louis Dumps? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You worry about yourself, your family, the people that are important. That's what it comes down to. See, like we just said, the 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 lesson in the movie he's trying to teach him, and I'm gonna play the rest of this. The lesson in the movie is what's important family the people that care for you not that you care about the people that 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 love you are what you need to care about 
and 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 that's what he's trying to get you know see to realize in this movie and his dad is too again they're both of these guys are trying to do the same thing it's in different ways in different ways. and they both play the same role in his life one of them is just a hard working man the other one is getting you know money in the the easy way so you know even c says you know kind of in this he's getting two educations he's getting the education at school plus he's getting the education on the street so you know that 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 that's one thing he does say in the movie but uh this is the other part the important part of the movie the which his dad brought up earlier the you know would you rather be you know feared or respected so here we go the people in this neighborhood that see me every day that are on my side they feel safe because they know I'm close and it gives them more reason to love me but the people that want to do otherwise they think twice because they know I'm close and it gives them more reason to fear me is it better to be loved or feared that's a good question it's nice to be both but it's very difficult but if I had my choice I would rather be feared fear lasts longer than love Friendships that are bought with money mean nothing. You see how it is around here. I make a joke. Everybody laughs. I know I'm funny, but I'm not that funny. <laughs> it's fear that keeps them loyal to me. But the trick is not to be hated. That's why I treat my men good, but not too good. I give them too much, then they don't need me. I give them just enough where they need me, but they don't hate me. Don't forget what I'm telling you. See, that brought up a lot of what we were talking about you know, in, in the beginning. Um, but that was another callback right there. Um, you know, to, to that whole scene loved or feared. His dad said, you know, basically he's saying, you know, again, this movie answers your questions. C says when he's a young kid, you know, people love him and his dad goes, no, they fear him. Eight years later, he asks Sonny the same question. Your, your question gets answered. You know, just exactly. again, this movie is has so many little little bows. You know, everything is just wrapped up in a nice little bow in this movie. Uh, we no, 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 please go. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It, it, it's like they basic. It's almost like they knew where they wanted to go, but well, they worked back. Again, this movie was a screenplay that Chaz Palminteri already had in his hands. All they really had to do was tweak it a little bit and plug in the plug holes, the which holes. he may have already had them all plugged in because this was basically a part of his life. I mean, this movie was basically an autobiography, you know, and I I believe. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's almost like they kind of put themselves in into the role of mm -hmm. the uh, the viewer and say, hey, if I if I was watching this movie, I would have right. these questions. And they and they made sure to answer them. They they didn't just leave you hanging because a lot of times you'll watch a movie and they'll throw something out there and then they'll forget about it or they'll just they'll give you like a half ass explanation for why something happened right. but not really explain it. Yeah, it's almost like this movie went out of its way to set something up specific and and even they might not they might forget about it for a little while but it'll be a scene and it calls back to it mm -hmm. and it'll resolve well, that yeah, issue. Yeah, and, and, you know, it, it does say here in the old uh, IMDb trivia uh, that, you know, the story, like, you know, we talked about some of this earlier, but I'll go ahead and say it again. The story written by Chaz Palminteri 
is adapted from his autobiographical, autobiographical one-man play. We said his real name was, you know, Collagero, uh, Lorenzo Palminteri. And again, several studios did approach him, offering him, you know, maximum of one million. He refused, but um, basically De Niro said, hey, 50-50, I'll meet every condition as long as I can direct the movie and play the father. And, uh, you know, like we said, so this is an autobiography, you know, autobiography basically of Chaz Palminteri. So obviously he was a curious kid who saw, you know, opportunities to answer the questions from from his childhood when they were, you know, the right time, you know. So, you know, but obviously, you know, the questions he answered was his questions. So, you know, but just an, an, another part of the movie right there, you know, uh, that gets answered. And now we get into another scene where is another, you know, I, I say this all the time, another pivotal part in the movie when they have some bikers start rolling through. This is another point where Sonny shows what kind of guy he is. No matter how much of a father he is to this kid, Sonny's not a good guy. Uh, but he will do anything to protect. We we, we say this again, you know, protect his his neighborhood and he was just talking about protecting his neighborhood so you know he is all about his neighborhood protecting it and you know he just and again he just said availability i can see trouble before it happens well you go one scene later what's happening trouble and who's there to stop yeah. it from getting out of hand sunny you know why sunny availability availability he was there once again nice little bow once again but uh i do want to play that uh i am going to get to where he he uh the the bar scene once again i could literally play this whole movie and it's it's fucking great um you know this scene starts they're basically telling them that they don't meet the dress code trying to get him out of the bar but the guy talks to sonny sort of like a gentleman so I'll go ahead and play it. Problem is, your man here says we're not properly dressed, like our money ain't green. We just want a couple of beers. A few beers, that's it. That's it, we'll be on our way. We ain't looking for trouble. Spoke like a gentleman, give me a beer. Go ahead. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. All right. I, 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 I will down here. This is sort of a visual part. So they get their beers, they go through it. And, um, you know, that they, they finally get their beers and they, uh, they end up splashing, literally spilling their beers all over the bartender, just being dicks and, uh, ah, oh, fuck it. I guess I'll fucking play it. Who cares? Give me one second here. Or after they get their beers, they make a little, I mean, these are some hardcore bikers. This is a motorcycle club, uh, you know, and back in the seventies, I, probably can only guess they were a little rowdier so you know here they go they make a little toast and this is where it gets hard hey oh you 
you again, huh? That wasn't very nice. Now he's gotta leave. I'll tell you when the fuck we leave, all right? Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> 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 watch the bites, Now you just can't leave. I will never forget the look on their faces. All eight of them. Their faces dropped. All their courage and strength was drained right from their bodies. They had a reputation for breaking up bars. But they knew that instant they made a fatal mistake. This time they walked into the wrong bar. Uh, you know, it's basically he beats the shit out of him, and uh, all of them beat the shit out of him. And at the end, he he makes sure he grabs the guy and he goes, "Look at me, I did this to you." You know, he wanted the guy to know, "Don't ever come back here. Don't fucking ever come back here because I'll do it again." And he wanted him to know who did it. And if you want to come for me, fucking go ahead. Um, now, I did say I was telling Anthony pre-show before the show that i actually did something like this uh yes i'm i've been looking forward to this folks so i'm here all right i'm hanging out at the cigar shop it was before i worked at the cigar shop when i first moved to texas um my dad knew a guy who um owned a cigar shop and still does actually it's uh believe it or not it's in the original the first ever original chilies is where his now cigar wow. shop slash restaurant is. Um, so, you know, we, we were in that building, and, uh, you know, a guy worked there. His name is Josh. Josh is a tall, skinny, long-haired, nerdy-looking guy with glasses. Um, And, you know, this guy, I'm sitting there on a Saturday... And I'm just sitting there hanging out because that's what I used to do. I would just go hang out at the cigar shop when Josh worked there. Um, all right, I'll tell you the truth. Josh always had weed. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I would go hang out at the cigar shop when Josh worked there. So, you know, I would have hanging out. And uh, it was me, Josh, and Q, who is Quipman Spaulding. Quipman Spaulding played for a couple of teams. Quipman Spaulding played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and he also played football for the Memphis Maniacs in the um, the infamous XFL, Vince McMahon's league. Uh, wow. Q was there. And, you know, we're all sitting there smoking cigars. The day is going fine. It's a Saturday. And uh, the day's going fine. And um, a guy pulls up and he asks for a pack of cigarettes. But he asks for a brand that the cigars the cigar shop really carried cigars the brands of cigarettes they carried were your main brands marlboro your your camels uh newport stuff like newport. that you know stuff that would sell uh this guy comes in and asks for some fucked up brand that probably no one can i mean they even carried a natural american spirit you know but they didn't carry this guy's brand so he gets all pissed off and he looks at Josh and he goes, 
You're a fucking piece of shit, idiot. If you don't fucking have cigarettes, why do you fucking... Why are you a tobacco shop if you don't have the fucking cigarettes I want? And uh, he looks at Josh, and, he, and not only does he call him a fucking idiot, but he tells him he's a long-haired faggot. And he runs out. Oh. So he walks out, and Josh is, you know... Not the kind of guy to take shit, no matter what I said about him. He still walked out, gave the guy the finger, and said, fuck you. And uh, the guy comes back in. Well, I look out, and I know there's, I see three guys in the car. So he, the guy gets out, he comes back in, he starts screaming at Josh right in his face. What the fuck did you just give me the finger for? Fuck you, fuck you. You know, it's one of those whole fuck you, fuck you matches. Um... So I see the guys in the car start getting out. So I get up and I lock the door and I stand up beside Josh and I start telling the guy, you're in the wrong fucking place to be doing what you're doing. And at this point, you've got a choice. And at this point, Q stands up. Now, I just said Q was a former football player. He's a big motherfucker. At this point, Q stands up. And looks at the guy, and the guy realizes his friends can't get in. Because I locked the door. And he immediately... <laughs> I have never seen a guy take off a prick suit so fast and start being Mr. Nice Guy and apologizing. He immediately starts apologizing to us, telling us that he's just had a really bad day. You know, this and that starts tell st literally starts telling us this sob story and this and that. So basically, I fucking feel for him. We open the door. He leaves. His friends gets back in the car. This guy doesn't know how close to he came to getting his fucking ass whipped, though. But uh, come on, Bob, you got <laughs> you should have came back at him with. Oh, he knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He knew. And he saw me, Josh, and then he saw Q stand up. And Q really, like I said, he's a big motherfucker, former football player, and uh, you know he stands up. But uh, this guy was almost crying. He was so scared because I, like I said, I locked the door. His friends are banging on the door, and uh, you know Josh was about to go back, and you know it was just a real. But when I did it, I didn't even think about it. And then he brought up this movie, and I'm like, dude, I just didn't want his fucking. I didn't want it to be four on fucking three. I didn't even think about it. Wow. <laughs> you know what you did? I pulled a hill. You pulled the Henry Hill. And Billy Bat. And Billy Bat. Except y'all didn't pull the trigger and go all the way. And you ain't had a, you ain't Lock had a the fucking door, Henry. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Bob! You would have been a perfect De Niro at yeah. that point with those stops. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, basically he knew his uh, a he knew he wasn't leaving, and b his friends were not getting in that fucking door. Um, but yeah, it was a fucking awesome, awesome fucking thing, man. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a good Saturday. That was a good Saturday. Actually, the week after that, I started working there. <laughs> oh, all jokes aside, though, Box, you guys did the right thing because if, if you guys had a took action, uh, the only thing there. that I was thinking is Josh always said one thing. There was a forty-five revolver behind the counter. 
Josh always said one thing. The first thing he's doing is going for that gun. And I didn't want that to happen. Now, everything there is recorded, so everything was on tape. But I didn't want that to happen. But I also, like I said, I did not want four on three. I don't want that shit. Q's big. I am not. I mean, you, you know, you can sit here and see me. <laughs> so that, come on, give yourself credit, bro. You, you could have. Look, I might have got, got the guy that was in there, but uh, yeah, he knew he was in the wrong place when that fucking when his friends were banging on the door and couldn't get in. But yeah, and and Josh looks at me after, like you know, ten minutes afterwards, and goes, "Dude, you just Bronx tailed their ass," and I'm like, "Oh shit, I did, didn't I?" <laughs> I <laughs> you didn't even think literally I, all i was thinking was con was f four on three that's that we we could you know potentially get our asses kicked here there's one extra guy that's the only thing i was thinking i wasn't even thinking how fucking you know he's and you know every day I, I still talk to josh he still lives around the corner from me he's he still talks about that was the most pimping thing i've ever seen <laughs> You lock the door, he's scared to shit and realizes his friends can't come in and save his ass. And, he... and literally the, the one line we all say is, he took off that prick suit really quick, didn't he? <laughs> oh, God, those were good times. Good times, man. Oh, fun stuff, man. Definitely fun. But uh yeah, that they they whipped the shit out of these fucking bikers. And um, you know, like, like I said, he looks right at him and uh you know, says I did this, don't forget it. But uh this also brings up another point in the movie where uh <clears throat> Sonny again is taking care of C. After the thing at the bar, they bring in uh what's the guy's name that uh do you know the guy's name selling the guns, Anthony? Yeah, dude, look at you. Nikki Zero down there selling the guns, uh, you know, to his crew, C's crew. And, uh, excuse me, I'm burping here. A little beer coming up. And, uh, you know, Sonny comes in. And God damn it. Is, is this another part I got to play? Real quick. I'll go ahead. Give hey, me one play. sec here. Sonny comes up and sees what they're doing. But uh, you know what? Another point to this I do want to bring up. Hold on. There is one really important part in this movie where he says, you know, I want to shoot somebody. Uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and play it from here. There's a few seconds before here. Shoot a fucking gun. This is you, man. This is class. I'm telling you. I don't know. What's this? What's this? Let me see this. Let me see this one. Right there. I feel it. I'm gonna fucking shoot somebody, you know what I mean? I'm That's gonna... a gun, you know? I wanna shoot somebody too. That looks like just a gun to do it. What are you guys stupid? doing? You think uh -huh. so? What's going on? What are you fucking stupid or something? Are you are you fucking stupid or something? What the fuck is the matter with you selling fucking guns around here? Are you fucking stupid? You're gonna make this whole place hot and get us all fucking pinched. Now get the fuck out of here. Stay over here. Don't move, all these. Stay right there. Sonny. I want no fucking guns. Get over here, you. Come here. I want to talk to you. Get over here. Sonny, Sonny. Before this, let's, let's kind of get into that part a little bit. Once again, Sonny taking care of his neighborhood. 
You know, you you do have to bring that up. No matter what Sonny was, no matter what Sonny did, taking care of your neighborhood. And, you know, back in the 70s that's in early 80s, that's what the mob did. You know, they took care of their neighborhood. Yeah. They might have taken some tactics that you don't want to fucking, you know, that would definitely be not PC nowadays. But that's all they were doing was taking care of their neighborhood. Yeah, they were shaking people down yeah. for protection money. I get it. I know they weren't doing the right thing, but they were taking care of their neighborhood. This movie, go ahead. Yeah, because I mean, if you really think of a lot of those guys were like, right. they could be your neighbor. They could be like, your, and they would be like the nicest guy in the world. Because let's be honest, most mob guys mm-hmm. only fuck with other mob guys. Unless you did something to cross them or slight them or put them in a situation where they feel like you disrespected them, they didn't come after like the working class guy. They didn't come after the regular guy, the regular Joe walking down the no, street. No, unless no you reason. didn't pay their protection money. You know, I mean, that was the only reason they would come after yeah. you. Which, again, I know that's not right. It is fucked up. But it's the way it was back then, especially in New York. Um, you know, I mean, come on. We watch all these, you know, true mob movies. This is just how it was in New York. You want to – New York, Chicago, New York, all Chicago. those states up there. You know, I, I dare say Connecticut, Boston, um, and probably, you know, New Hampshire, all the little states surrounding that. You know, or, you know, little cities and states surrounding that. But, you know, this is just – the way it fucking was back then. But, you know, it does show this is a guy taking care of his neighborhood no matter what has to be done. And this, you know, he's, he, he doesn't go up to the guys and be like, holy fuck, you're selling. Go- oh, my God, you're going to get us all fucking pinched. I don't want the fucking cops here. That's what he's thinking about. That's what he's thinking about, you know. But he also is thinking about C. And uh, I do want to play their little scene right after that. I, I, like I said, I knew we were going to play a lot of scenes, which is why I wanted to get through the plot of the movie first. And uh, here, let's do this real quick. You think you're a tough guy with these nuts? Is that what it is? Nah, but after what just happened in the bar, I thought... You thought what? You think a gun makes you a tough guy? Let me tell you something. I see more guys with guns wet the bed than anything. It's when the other guy has a gun and he pulls his out. And then we see who the real tough guy is. Sonny, you don't understand. No, I do understand. This shit is not for you, and those fucking kids are going to get you in trouble. Yeah, but they're my friends. You know that. They're jerk-offs. Look at me. Jerk-offs. And Slick is the biggest jerk-off. All these years, what have I been telling you? Yeah, I know. Stay in school, get two educations. I know. That's right. Don't do what I do. This is my life, not yours. I do what I have to do. This is not for you. All right, I'm sorry. There you go. I mean, again, the whole plot of what the argument with his father was about, that he said, this is what I tell your kid. Holy shit, he just said every single word to him that he tells his father he's been telling him. Once again, there's that bow yes. I'm talking about that they keep tying on this fucking movie. You know what I mean? Um, you know, but I, just such a well-written movie. Um, you know, and now we're at the you know the the fight scene, which I'm not, again. This is another scene. It does. It is. It's, it's very, very visual. Um, but you know, this is another scene where they try to bring C down, and you know, he it it. it 
it again makes his father feel bad because his father thinks that he'd rather be with them than him. And that's not the case. It's really not the case. You know, yes, he looks up to him, but, you know, he does. He'd rather be with his dad. And he that that's why he's with his dad. Um, but we also go to this. You see, mm-hmm. I, 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 I will say, like, when they were actually at the fight, there was a certain level of, of yeah. being conflicted. I mean, obviously, the little kid and him wanted to be with his dad because that was a tradition. And I have to point out that they tried to portray it as, oh, they had bad seats. This building, by the looks of the building, it really wasn't. wasn't. You right. still had a solid view of everything, so I just wanted to point that out. But um, he did seem, like, conflicted, like he mm-hmm. really did want to sit front row. But at the same time... He knew his dad was too prideful to go down because he didn't want to. Because like I said, if he had a, if he had a went down it to me, that would have destroyed the movie. Even though it was a small thing, that would have kind of like yeah, hurt the integrity yeah, 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 of the movie, yeah, yeah, in my yeah, opinion. Definitely. Um, and then and then we go from there, and you know he's in school for once, uh, but he he sees Jane <laughs> for once and didn't realize that she went to his school. He sees her. He goes out to meet her. And holy shit, is he bad at talking to girls. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's just really fucking up. But, you know, he does end up getting a date with Jane, which we do talk about. Uh, well, we did talk about. Um, you know, they're, they're going to meet there the next day. But, uh, you know, he, he it does, you know, he ends up walking her home. Yeah, as close to his, her home as he can. Uh, once he gets underneath that Webster Avenue, you know, Webster Ave Bridge, it's a whole new story. Uh, you know, he he can't go all the way home, but uh, you know, people are looking at him. This is also the where the fight happens that we mentioned. Um, you know, it, it, when we were going over the plot, and this is a actually big part of the movie because when they do uh, when the when his social club, all the guys he's hanging out with that, you know, all those, his friends attack these, uh, all the, the, you know, the, the black guys, um, you know, C is the only one not, like Anthony said, observing. And he's actually telling the guy, just stay down. I don't want to hurt you. You know, and the guy he's saying that to ends up being Jane's brother. But, you know, it's it's definitely another part in the movie where you see that C is listening to Sonny. He's not the guy that his friends are trying to be. You know? Yeah. 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 What Sonny is... Not only what Sonny is saying, but what his father is saying, both people are resonating with, in his mind, with their their lessons. You know what I mean? It it was kind of weird because... Like, you know, both, obviously, he has his, his biological father, and Sonny was like a, almost like a paternal father to him. But it's like, um, Sonny was pushing him, like, hey, go for it. If you mm-hmm. like the, if you like this woman, go for it, right? And uh, <laughs> I love how, like, when he um, had to talk with his father about, hey, I like this girl, but she, you know, she's black. He basically said, like, I get along with everybody, but I believe mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. I'm old school. People should marry within their race. So I, I thought that was like, I don't know if you picked up on it. I thought that was like a little interesting dichotomy there. Yeah, Sonny's saying, go for it. He didn't give, <laughs> if you attracted to her, go for it. If you like her, go for it. And his father was like, yeah, yeah. just be careful. <laughs> but I per- I personally think that, you know, black should stick with black, white should stick with white. Italian yeah, and he Italian. never really tells him. 
he never, he never, they never explicitly said, oh, he was, they never came at it as, from a racial standpoint, but they kind of like implied well, that he was like, he never really told his old. dad, he said a friend of his, and I'll, 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 I'll play that scene so we can really, you know, give it the, the right yeah, reference, the but, it, yeah. um, yeah, you know, it, it does go to that where, you know, the, the fight that's happening out there and, uh, it then goes to, holy shit, another a classic scene in the movie where, uh, C goes to Sonny's house and Sonny is driving in reverse. I have to say he's driving in reverse during this whole conversation that goes on. And this is, again, a, 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 we got to play it. It hurts you. You got to think for yourself. I do. I'm really trying. But, I mean, we hate these people. I mean, I don't hate them, but, you know. What people? What are you talking about? What's on your mind? I met this girl. Yes, so? I like her and everything, but... See, she ain't white. She's from Webster Avenue. She's a color bro. Yeah. You like this girl? I do, but I don't want to hear all the guys. I don't want to hear their mouths. Fuck those kids. Half of them are going to end up dead or in jail anyway. Nobody cares. Okay. Real big part of the movie. Half of them are going to end up dead or in jail anyways. Just want to make one more hold on to that for a little while longer. We will get... Exactly. Foreshadowing, we will get back to that. The only thing that matters is what's good for you and how you feel about each other. Let me tell you something. When you're alone late at night in bed, just you and her under the covers, that's all that matters, see? You got to do what your heart tells you to do. Let me tell you something right now. You're only allowed three great women in your lifetime. They come along like the great fighters once every 10 years. Rocky Marciano, Sugar Ray Robertson, Joe Lewis. Sometimes you get them all at once. Me? I had my three when I was 16. That happens. What do you want to know? That's the way it goes, you know? I'll tell you right now. See this girl? Maybe this girl, she put wind in your cells. Maybe she's your first great one. Thanks a lot, son. I think I'm going to go for it. She's a good kid, this girl? I don't know. I just met her yesterday, but I hope so. Right, here's what you do. Tomorrow you borrow my car. You don't lend anybody a car. It's all right. I'm going to lend you my car. I want you to make a good impression. You borrow my car, and then you give her the test. <laughs> what, the Mario test? Mario. The Mario's Mario a fucking test. cycle. <laughs> this is why I played the Mario yeah. test, because I <laughs> knew I was going to play this scene. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't want him to say it. No one know what the fuck he was talking about. So now you can actually. No, no. See, see, look, we're following fucking continuity references here. We are the. We are giving you. You know what? Backs. This is the. It's the easiest. This, this is the easiest movie to do it with because this movie does it for you. It calls everything back for you, but that's why. I, again, that's the reason I wanted to go over the plot and then do some of the scenes because I knew in my opinion this whole movie is like one of the epic classic movies and you know it it might not be because it's the, the greatest mafia movie it it's it's one of the most well written well directed you know compliments to yeah. De Niro and well thought out movies 
it's just a very good movie. Now, and, and that's why I sort of put it, you know, at one of my top movies, you know, kind of ahead of Goodfellas, just because of the way this movie was done, directed, the way it is. You know, the fact that Chaz Palminteri, you know, that this is basically his life you're looking at here. It, it's re- and, 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 you know, I, I, I know Goodfellas is a true story, too, but this movie just has everything. It's just an everything kind of movie. It's got, you know, it, 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 it starts off with a story. It ends with the story. And I mean, literally, this movie is the beginning becomes the end. You know, you start right there. You know, the the most major part of this movie right there is when he's on his stupid witnesses to murder. And then the end of the movie, you get Joe Pesci, who was the guy, you know, at the beginning of the movie that, you know, wraps up the movie at the end, which 100 percent I'm playing that whole fucking thing. I don't give a fuck. But uh, yeah, there's no way this fucking show is going on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> oh fuck it! Fuck but YouTube, uh, you know, because <laughs> they've been fucking ab- a lot of people. Absolutely, man. YouTube. But um, you know, it, it was definitely uh, you know, w- w- we got to really quickly go back to uh to Sonny's test, and uh, you know, so you know the difference in tests here. So <laughs> let's let's go back to this real quick. I think I might have skipped back a little bit. Hold on. She's your first gray one. Thanks a lot, son. A few seconds. I think I'm going to go for it. She's a good kid, this girl? I don't know. I just met her yesterday, but I hope so. Right, here's what you do. Tomorrow you borrow my car. You don't lend anybody a car. It's all right. I'm going to lend you my car. I want you to make a good impression. You borrow my car, and then you give her the test. What, the Mario test? Mario. Mario's a fucking psycho. <laughs> what do you listen to this kid for? You give her my test. You give her the door test. What's the door test? All right, listen to me. You pull her right where she is, right? Before you get out of the car, you lock both doors. Man, you get out of the car, you walk over to her. You bring her over to the car. You take out the key, put in the lock, open the door for her. Then you let her get in. Then you close the door for her. Then you walk around the back of the car and you look through the rear window. If she doesn't reach over, lift up that button for you so you can get in, dump her. Just like that? Listen to me, kid. If she doesn't reach over, lift up that button for you so you can get in. That means she's a selfish broad, and all you're seeing is the tip of the iceberg. You dump her, you dump her fast. Yeah, what about all the beautiful things you just told me, though? Do what my heart tells me to do. It's all that matters. Find someone to pull into myself. I mean, hey, this could be one of the great ones. Bullshit, kid. The door test, that's <laughs> what counts. You dump her, and you dump her fast. Dump her? Dump her. Dump her. Dump the bitch. Dump her. <laughs> fast. Fucking amazing, oh, man. man! Every single word in this movie is damn near yes. amazing. Shout out, shout out to all of the uh, fucking acting coaches who give the Italians lessons Fuck. in these freaking oh, movies. This movie, love them great. all. Now, now, now we, you know, we we clip right to the other scene where that uh, you were talking about, and then we're gonna, you know, we're almost done here. Uh, we're going to clip to the scene that you were talking about where he's talking to his father, and again, he never says it's him. Uh, because basically De Niro just says, oh, well, you would never oh, do yeah, that, yeah, yeah. right? You know, and let's go ahead. Like I said, you know, you were talking about it, so now we got to play it. We have to reference it correctly. So here we go. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I need your opinion about something. You know Joey also from down the block? Yeah. 
Yeah, he asked me what I thought about him going out with a colored girl. What do you think about that? What's the matter, Joey? You also can't find any white girls. It's not a good answer, Dad. What's the problem? You know me, I get along with everybody on the bus, but when it comes to marriage, I just think we should marry within our own, that's all. You know I'm not prejudiced. Hey, Dad, you're not prejudiced. Don't tell me you're not prejudiced, because you are. I mean, what would you say if I want to go out with a colored girl? Well, you would never do that. Hey, you never know. This girl might be one of the great ones. I mean, you only allow three great women in your lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Who told you that? Uh, Joey Orso. Joey Orso? Mm. Well, you tell Joey Orso that sometimes in the heat of passion, the little head tells the big head what to do, and that the big head should think twice about it. Alright. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah, see, he never tells his dad that it's him. He just wanted to get his reaction to, uh, yeah, see yeah, what yeah, it would be. Right, yeah. um, no, I no, 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 I mean, <laughs> sort, but not really. Um, but again, you know, he is borrowing Sonny's car. He does go to pick up Jane. This calls back to the, 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 you know, the, the, the fight that him and his friends had with the, uh, you know, those guys and, Oh, Kellens, I'm glad Kellens. you said it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I had the... That scene I remember all too yeah, well. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I had the fucking soundboard up. But, uh, you know, Jane actually walks over to him and confronts him. And uh, what the fuck? You okay? No. My brother got beat up in your neighborhood. What are you talking about? Yesterday, some Italian guys beat up my brother in your neighborhood. So what's that have to do with me? Were you there? No, I wasn't there. Kolojo, please don't lie to me. Jane, I'm telling the truth. I wasn't there. We'll see who's lying. My brother's in a car. I told him I was going out with an Italian, so he came along. He recognized you and said you were the one that beat him up. You did that to his face. Jane, I didn't touch your brother. I swear to God, believe me, I didn't touch him. Okay, we'll see. Get this straight right now. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Did this to me, man. I didn't do anything to you. Yes, me. you did. I didn't do anything to you. Willie, me. are you sure it was him? I'm positive it was him. Please, don't believe him. I swear to God. Don't I didn't touch him. So you were there. Yeah, I was there, but I didn't do anything, Jane. Believe me. I'm you telling lied you to me. You. you just told me you weren't there. I tried to help so him. So how am I get like this thing? It was the other guys. I tried to fucking help Fuck you. Bullshit, man. You know I didn't do anything. You know it was the other guy. What the fuck you going to top me? It was the other guys. I tried to no, fucking help you. It was you. It was you. I was the only guy that tried to fucking help you. It was you, man. You fucking repay me like this? Oh, fuck that. No. Fuck you, man. I didn't fucking do anything. Yes, you did. Fuck you, you fucking nigga. And there it is. There's where he knew he fucked up. Even back in the 1970s, he knew he fucked up. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, he, he did try to help him. And, uh, you know, eventually he does come clean, you know, her brother. But, uh, you know, this was just another part of the movie. Um, you know, he didn't get to go see Jane, which brings him directly back to Sonny. And, you know, he's sort of in a in a funk when he goes back to see Sonny from this. And this is where they find a device 
it, as they call it in Sonny's car. Um, you know, he also has an argument with his dad here, which do you want to put the argument? Think we should put the argument. All right. Yes. You know, because, you know, we got to haul back to us. All right. Line All right. Well, then earlier, so, you're yeah. right. You're That's right. Bad. He does say it when he walks out. Here we go. Who drive to Sonny's car? What are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? I just saw you driving Sonny's car. I don't want you driving this car around. I don't like yeah, I'm that. I'm not in the mood to hear this. I don't care if you're not in the mood to hear it. We already had that thing about the bikers and that fight in that bar. And I don't want you in that bar. I told you that. What was I going to do? Run away? Make people think I got no heart? You think those guys really care whether you got heart or not? I mean, what makes you think you're so special? You don't know Sonny. I don't have to know him. I know how he thinks. You fuck up, he'll hurt you like anybody. You're wrong. Sonny, trust me. That man can't trust anybody. The sooner you know that, the better. How many times do I have to tell you? People don't respect him they fear him there's a big difference you want to be somebody be somebody who works for a living and takes care of his family yeah you look away look you're my only son i'm only looking out for your best interest but you got to know the saddest thing in life is wasted oh, i don't want to hear this you don't want to hear it but you're gonna hear it i might not have any money i might not have a cadillac but i don't have to look over my shoulder and i'm proud of what i do and i don't answer to anybody my mother and father came to this country with nothing and he and died don't you dare disrespect your grandparents. Do you hear me? And you're wrong. They tried to give me a better life, and that's what I'm trying to do. What better life? We don't even own a car. We ain't got money. We ain't got nothing. Don't take it out of me because you're a bus driver. The working man is a sucker. There you go. That Damn. was it right there. Once again, once again, the working man is a sucker. Um, now, you know, as he's walking out, I do have to play the next scene because we were talking about it. Um, there's two parts, uh, that I guess I need to play. He's originally, um, his friends come up to him and start trying to get him to get in the car. They're going to go pay back the guys they were beating up, you know, the, the black guys they were beating up. They're going to go pay him back. And, uh, you know, the, the, but Sonny pulls up to him first I definitely want to play the scene because we were number one talking about it before. Uh, you know how you know no matter how much Sonny cares for the kid, he can't trust anyone. And again, his dad was just telling him, Sonny can't trust anybody. So of course, yeah. what happens? It gets proved in the next scene. God damn, the continuity in this movie is fucking amazing. And you know what? I see. I see. B makes in the chat was like, God damn, Box fan is excited about this movie. You're right. This is such a fucking great movie. It it really, really is um, it, it just... Uh, if you have not seen this movie, I'm sorry. It It's actually on cable right now. If you've got... I, all, the only three channels I have are uh, HBO, Stars, and Cinemax. So it's on one of those three channels. Check it out. You've got to see yeah. this movie if you haven't seen it. So yes, I am excited yes. about this movie because it's 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 just such a well It's a good well, fucking movie. Hey, yeah. I mean the acting, like you said, the kind you know, we go keep saying it, but fuck it bears repeating. Mm, Continuity. It, yeah. They don't leave the viewer fucking I mean, like you said, by the end of this movie, every question mm -hmm. you had going in this movie answer, every every question that they yeah. put out there is answered. They put everything that it seemed like every scene, even minute scenes Served a purpose. Yeah, I mean, literally, this oh movie God, literally perfect. leaves no stone unturned. Every little stone they turned over, every question they asked, got answered. 
whether it was the next scene or at the end of the movie. The beginning of the movie gets answered at the end of the movie. The only true question that doesn't get answered is what the actual argument between those two guys in the beginning of the movie uh, that caused the murder was about. They never say the exact thing. All they say that it was not about a parking spot. They never give you the exact reason, which I actually like. It still leaves a little bit of mystery to all the answers. You know what I mean? You know yeah, because clearly, yeah. clearly <laughs> you don't go out there, man, with a big yeah, exactly. Man, a I mean, spot. literally, you can answer every question in the movie, but leave a little bit of mystery. I mean, you know, Pulp Fiction, you know, leaves basically, you know, the what's in the suitcase up to you. You know, you can basically make your own judgment of what that is. This basically does the same thing. You can basically kind of, you know, leave it to your imagination what happened with those two guys. There's no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question for you. Now, obviously, it, it, there was no sequel, nor did it need to be one. But how would you, if you had to make an educated guess, how do you think seeing uh, Jane ended up? Because clearly, they kind of they kind of left it, they, they basically kind of made you, they left you with the assumption that they ended up together mm-hmm. somehow, some way. Because, you know, the, once they cleared up the misunderstanding about what happened. But they never really go back to that relationship. So what do you think? You think they stayed together long term? or They sort like of make it seem deal? like they are going to stay together long term in the movie. If you sort of watch it, they do imply it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah well, they yeah, do imply I mean. that, you know. They but then the again, and, you know, yeah. I mean, he. but you have to realize he had no friends to make fun of him anymore. You know. Yeah. Sonny was gone. So who was going to fuck with him? He really... So they did imply that the that the relationship did go... Uh, you know, it, it did take, you know, take its shape. But, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, and, you know, like you just said, holy fuck, thank God they never made a sequel to this movie. Please, never, never. Don't remake it. Don't make a sequel just leave this greatness alone. Leave the <laughs> greatness alone when it comes to this movie. So, uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm going to go back to the scene where, you know, again, his father just told him, Sonny can't trust anybody. And, uh, you know, he, he, like I said, proves it right in this scene here. Black motherfuckers are doing to our club. You believe the balls on these fucking niggas? Going exit out the club? Come on, let's go look. Come on, get in the car. We're gonna go fuck them up. Get the car. Come on, get in the car. Oh, Sonny and Jimmy. Oh, shit. Shit. Come on, back off. Come on, get out of here. Get out of here. What's going on, Sonny? Ah! After you picked up my car, where did you go? I. I drove around a little, and then I went to go pick up Jane. Why? Jane? Was there really a Jane? Talk to me. Sonny, what is it, Sonny? If you dropped that car off, it didn't start. We lifted up the hood, and there was something on the engine. It didn't go off. Now, you tell me. You tell me how the fuck that got on there. And where did you go in my car? I remember I picked it up. Yeah? I drove right to the school, and I locked both of the doors, just like you told me. Don't lie to me. Where did you go in my car? Sonny, I didn't do anything. I swear, Sonny, please. Don't fucking...
fucking lie to me. I didn't do anything. I swear I just went right to the school and that was it. I swear to God, why would I want to hurt you? You've been like a father to me. quick again you know that's that proves his father's point Sonny can't trust anybody no matter how much he cares about you all it comes down to is him and his crew it really does um you know so but after that scene you know we've basically been talking about that scene the whole movie and um you know after that scene his father during in the middle of this scene i'm sorry his father is looking for him you know obviously de niro and uh you know they even rough him up a little bit i'll go ahead and finish off the scene fuck it what happened to my son I'll drive your bus and get the fuck out of here drive my bus put your hands on me i'll stick you in the fucking ground let's not find out what's going on before you open your mouth There you go. That's pretty much that scene right there. And, uh, you know, he's walking. His friends do come up to him eventually, grab him, <clears throat> get him in the car. Um, Sonny pulls up behind these guys, finally, at a stoplight, and uh, gets C out of there. Um, gets C out of the car, and thank God, um, you know, because his friends... Uh, actually, he gets C out of the car. Uh, they end up going back to the neighborhood. And once he gets out of the car, all of uh, Sonny's crew basically tells him, you know, first of all, C tells him, you know, did you ever think that device was in the car when I was in it too? It just didn't go off. And Sonny goes, no, I didn't think of that. But also when they get back to the club, you know, basically they tell him, hey, the, you know, someone just left here looking for you. Her name was Jane. Yeah, fuck it here. Oh, see. The fire Mulanyachik was just here looking for you. She just went around the corner? Not two minutes ago. If you hurry up, you can catch her. Come here. Come here. I told you. Basically, he just telling, saying, I, I, I fucking told you I was telling the truth. Uh, he does go to Jane. And uh, they talk. He asks her if she can fucking make sauce. <laughs> for, for <laughs> oh fuck it here. You know what? God damn it, we're playing it. Fuck it. Here, fuck, fuck YouTube. YouTube. Hashtag. Hashtag now I'm gonna YouTube. try to put it on there anyway. <laughs> fuck YouTube. All right, here we go. Let's let's, let's, let's just play it. No, leave him alone. Hey. Hi. My brother told me the truth. You did try to help him. Told you. I know, I know. But he took it out on you. It's okay. I understand how we felt. I'm glad you understand. Oh, you looking at? Mind your own damn business. Get back in your house. It's all right. Let him stare. Give me in. Come on, give me in. Oh, 
Glad you came to see me. I miss you. I miss you too. I think you're beautiful. Stop. No, I really do. I want to be with you, and I don't care what anybody says. Can I have a kiss? Sure. Yeah, pimp daddy. Woo! <laughs> That's not a kiss. This is a kiss. Um, And right as he's doing this, he realizes, holy shit, my friends are about to go kill all those fucking guys. Uh, So, you know, he starts running towards, you know, they they, they go. And, uh, you know, as they're running, um, his friends do it. They turn around. They shoot the place up. They start throwing Molotov cocktails in there. As they're driving away, one of the Molotov cocktails does not break. And uh, one of the guys comes out, throws the Molotov cocktail at the car, sets the car on fire. Now, they have more of them in the car, which in turn sets the Molotov cocktails on fire. And the whole car ends up uh, just becoming a bomb. Uh, they all end up dying. All of C's friends end up dying in the uh, in that little accident uh, that they had. So you know, Sonny was right. All your you know, they're gonna end up fucking dead or in jail. They all ended up dead. Uh, so you know, but uh, you know, as C is running back with Jane, they get back there, and you know, C sees all his friends lying on the ground. And he's not welcomed over there on Webster Avenue. Um, here, let's do it. He's looking at his friends. And they started out as white right now. They toast, motherfucker. They look better now, right? Don't they look better? Yo, they left something for your jive ass in the trunk. Why don't you jump in and take a look? Get the fuck out of here! Fuck out of my neighborhood, man. Put your ass, motherfucker. Don't say shit, man. Get the fuck out of the neighborhood. So he does. He gets out of there. What he? What he? But, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go. I ain't mean to cut you off. I just want to mm-hmm. point out something. If you're a blind man and you're watching this movie or any movie for that matter, you can always tell when a black person comes on the scene because you'll hear like a Motown soundtrack in the background. Continue. <laughs> Thank you, Barry. <laughs> Thank you, Barry Gordy. <laughs> uh, and he does. He does. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was wrong. I'm just sorry. Every time you ever know, every time somebody black comes on the scene, you just hear like doo-wop. You just hear a fucking Motown soundtrack in the background. Well, he said doo-wop was the sound on the street. I mean, <laughs> give him a little bit, you know. I, oh, you know it... <laughs> Yo, see that soul music in the background. I just thought that was hilarious. Well, you know, De Niro is married to a black oh, chick, so yeah. De Niro loves him. Loves him. Always yeah, has. Yeah, hey, that's what. Maybe that's maybe that explains my affinity. There you go, man. Um, yeah, so, you know, he knows. He, he's, he, he, <laughs> he knows. He knows. He's found he the secret of the earth, and there. <laughs> the secret to youth, uh, and uh, you know, he, he, he. Like I said, his friends are gone. He wants to run back and tell Sonny that he was right, right about everything. So, you know, I, I, 
what the hell? Because he's saying a lot in this little thing, so. I had to tell him. I wanted to thank Sonny. He saved my life. Hey, Louie Dumps. <laughs> the part I want to get to is where he's walking through the club and he's talking. And, uh, you know, this, this is basically, we're, we're coming to the end of the movie here. And he's running through. Here we go. Daddy, you know where Sonny is? I don't give a fuck where he is. I'm losing there. What the fuck is breaking my balls? He was this big smiling face. All of a sudden, out of all these smiling faces, there was this one face. I couldn't understand why I kept looking at this one face, and then I realized why. He wasn't smiling. All I could see was the sky. And nobody could see him but me. Sonny, Sonny ends up getting shot to right in the head in front of everybody. They obviously end up getting the guy. Uh, and, of course, continuity, Anthony. Continuity. Uh, the kid that ended up shooting Sonny ended up being the kid of the guy that Sonny shot while uh, Little C was sitting on his stoop. Just, you know, another part. Full Absolutely. Circle. This movie comes full circle once again. Um, you know, everyone's sitting there and, uh, you know, everyone's sitting at the funerals. C is bringing up that, you know, it's really nothing to these guys. Just another day. Just like Sonny said it would be. No one will care. Again, the nobody cares comes back. You know, it's another callback to nobody cares. Nobody cares again what's important in life is family and that's what that's the whole time what he was trying to drive into into you know c's head family is important everyone who cares about you that's who's important you know but uh you know he's sitting there over sonny's grave or a casket and um this might be long, but I, I, I mean, what, what part can you skip in this? You really can't because it's what it, it's one of those movies where, like, certain movies you just honestly have to watch cover to cover to really get the full mm -hmm. picture of what of of, of, of what the uh, director is trying to get yeah. across. And it's like this is one of those movies where even if you miss like two minutes, you miss an important part of the overall picture yeah, of the movie. Yeah. So let me just. So you were, this is one of those movies where you really kind of got to sit, watch yeah, it, pay attention. Yeah, so let's just play this last scene here, and uh, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll try to break it up a little bit. Yeah, I'll definitely break it up. Here we go. How you doing, Sonny? Not so good, huh? 
She passed the test. That's what I wanted to tell you. She might be my first great one. And I'm gonna go out with her. Thanks for helping me. I want to thank you for saving my life. I never got a chance to tell you. They all died. Slick, Aldo, Mario, Ralphie. All of them. Sorry, I thought it was alone. I'm just thinking out loud. It's okay. It's understandable. Okay. Now, if you didn't just hear, Joe Pesci walks in. And uh, if if you were waiting for someone to steal the movie, um, the time is now. The time is now. Here we go. Uh, this this once again, uh, Anthony said it full circle. The movie is about to come full circle, and here you go. See this man there? He's a great man. He saved my life. Yeah. You Lorenzo the bus driver's kid? Yeah. See, right? Yeah. Sonny told me all about you. Sorry, but I don't even know who you are. My name is Carmine. We go back a long way together, Sonny and me. He saved my life too once. You don't remember me, do you? Many years ago? front of your house. You don't remember this? Yeah, the baseball bat. You were the guy that got hit with the baseball bat, right? Yeah, I remember. I was there. I saw the whole thing. I know, kid. Sonny told me what you did. Listen, I've been away. But I'm gonna be in the neighborhood now, taking care of things for a while. If you need anything, I want you to come and see me at the bar, okay? I think I'm going to give the bar a rest for a while, but thanks anyway. It's okay, I understand. Was that fight really over a parking space? No. There you go. Was that fight really over a parking space? Once again, no, it wasn't. Uh, we, we can break it up there, and then I'll come back to when uh, when his dad comes in. Um, but yeah, once again, you know, it, it, it full circle. That was the guy that um, was, you know, in the beginning of the movie. That's that that changed the his life completely. So you know, full circle, and uh, you know, this is the part where his dad comes in, and his dad again. Runs the movie full circle. Uh, De Niro comes in and definitely um, says some, you know, some some things that come back. So here we go. I came to pay my respects to your friend. Are you okay? Yeah. And I'm sorry if I ever hurt you in any way. It's okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Sonia, I want to thank you for saving my kid's life. I never hated you. I guess it's... 
but I was just mad at you because you made him grow up so fast. May God have mercy on your soul. Sonny, did you hear that? My father didn't hate you. Nobody cares, huh? You were wrong about that one. Wasted talent. Wasted talent was one thing we actually forgot to bring up. <clears throat> We never even mentioned it, actually. It was something his father always said to him uh, as a kid, a little kid. Uh, you know, wasted talent. It's just something that, you know, you never want to be. And he was sort of talking about Sonny when he was saying that, wasted talent. <clears throat> but, um, you know, that was another big thing in the movie. But, again, the no nobody cares comes up. And he wanted to let Sonny know that someone did care. And it was him that cared. <clears throat> so, you know, once again, god damn the continuity in this movie. <clears throat> but uh, you know, we're pretty much almost done except for the final scene which has to be played with the music, everything. Let's just do it. Let's go home, see. Sonny and my father always said that when I get older, I would understand. Well, I finally did. I learned something from these two men. I learned to give love and get love unconditionally. You just have to accept people for what they are. And I learned the greatest gift of all. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And the choices that you make will shape your life forever. But you can ask anybody from my neighborhood. And they'll just tell you, this is just another Bronx tale. On the streets of the Bronx is where I wanna be. There you go. This movie was also dedicated to the uh, the memory of De Niro's father, <clears throat> De Niro, Robert De Niro Sr. So, but I, I mean, I've been praising this movie the whole time. I don't think I can praise it any more than I have. Just an absolutely amazing movie. Again, if you haven't seen it, find it. Yes. Find it. God damn it. Um, Anthony, overall thoughts on this whole movie, man? Fucking loved it. You know, I, I, I love, and I think it's almost unfair to kind of lump it in as a quote unquote mafia movie. It's, it, it's a mm -hmm. life movie, basically. It's a coming of age movie. It, it, it it's so much more than like a mafia movie. Like you know, I'll, I'll forever put over Goodfellas, but that's a mafia movie. But a Bronx Tale, even though it has mafia elements, it's more about hey, this is my life story. This is what it was like for me growing up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, kind of looking over some of the trivia here, and it's really not. There's really nothing in there that's that that we haven't talked about already. Um, you know, basically it, it's just telling all about the, uh, the life of everything. So, you know, 
no big deal at all. Nothing I'm going to mention. Uh, just an amazing movie. The continuity of the movie is absolutely, you know, just second to none. But, uh, you know, this was De Niro's directorial debut. This was his first movie he directed. And absolutely amazing. But um, I, I could watch this movie time and time again. And I have. I have watched this movie more than, way more than 10 times. More than 20, probably. But uh, it's definitely one, one movie that you can do that. And um, I don't know, Anthony. I mean, what else do you have to say about this movie? Otherwise, I guess we can wrap it up, bro. Uh, I guess real quick, you know, you brought up something earlier about how you, you're you glad they didn't make a sequel. Mm-hmm. And the little debate we had about the Sopranos earlier. At the time, put you know, putting yourself in the narrow shoes, the way they ended it, and they never really acknowledged the whole parking space and what caused the whole incident with the baseball bat. Do you think at that moment, at that time, they were possibly toying with the idea of doing more with it, and they were just trying to see maybe how that one, how how that one was received, and they ultimately decided, and eh, let's leave it alone. That's a possibility, or this is just where the story ended, which is what I'm hoping yeah. for. I hope this is just where the story ended. I mean, again. Well, he did say, you know, ask me and my friends in the neighborhood, and they'll tell you this was just another mm-hmm. Bronx deal. I mean, I guess they could do another one. Oh, no, no, no. Over 20 years later. Oh, God, no. God, no. I, because it's like you, can, you can't you can recreate that magic. You no, really, the, no. The stars align for this movie the same way they align for Goodfellas, the same way they align for, I don't know, pick a movie, Platoon. Yeah. Or fucking Wall, Wall Street. Street. There you, know, you go. For, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Certain movies, the stars just the New Jack City. Certain movies just the stars align, and you can't recreate that magic 15, 20 years later. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that this movie just, just like I said, leave the greatness alone. And this movie definitely is greatness. Um, so, I don't know, man. I definitely think this movie is worth a watch more than once. Yes, definitely. And um, I guess that's it, man. You got anything else? No, I think we, we, we this is probably the the one movie since we started the show that we dissected point by point. I don't think we left one stone unturned with this flip. Uh Because it leaves no stones unturned. So, there you go, man. Uh, anyway, uh, catch us next week. 11.30 p.m. The anniversary There you show. go. Be one year. Uh, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time right here. Mixler.com slash THT podcast. You can look that up on Facebook. Um, you can look up THT Movie Review on Facebook, on iTunes, on TuneIn Radio, on Stitcher, and you will find us. Even on YouTube. I don't know if you'll find this show, but you know how it goes, man. But uh, there you go right there. Anthony, man, appreciate it. Love doing this fucking movie. We will let you guys know. Pay attention to the Facebook. We'll let you guys know what we're doing next week. And uh, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, of course, on that note. Go home and get your fucking shine box. Thanks, everybody. Later. Later.